Hi everyone, this is JJ. Uh, before we get underway, I just wanted to give a bit of a viewer discretion is advised. As you can see uh, from the title of the episode, this is Song of the South. So this episode will contain some delicate topics, uh, such as race, uh, race in the 40s, race in the Reconstruction era of America, and some... Uh, phrases nothing particularly harsh no obviously the big one is never once uttered by anyone either in the movie or in the episode but still there are some phrases and terms that are outdated uh, so yeah i just wanted to give everyone a bit of a uh heads up going into it thanks all and enjoy the episode <laughs> Welcome back once again to another very exciting episode of Disney Compendium, an Annex episode. This is too much to even be an Annex episode. This is a special edition. <laughs> this is On a very special edition. Yes. Nick? Yeah. I I am going to need you to come with me. We're hopping into a time machine. Okay, cool. I'm sorry we've gone too far ahead. We've gone. We're in the two thousands, but right now, buddy, yeah. we need to go. We need to go back. We got to go back. Much like Lost, we got to go back, and we got to go back to nineteen forty six. Oh well, Hitler's already dead. We can't kill him twice. No, we can't kill him twice, and it's okay. We've already watched Make Mine Music, so we don't have to watch that again. Oh my god! But we are watching the other Disney movie that came out in nineteen forty six, my friend. Is it, uh, hmm, would that be, oh, man. <laughs> Just going to let you stew in this one for a minute. Try to yeah, come up with your joke. Is, is, <laughs> uh, let's see. Is it that one movie that they, Disney talks about all the time? That they acknowledge oh, yeah. They, constantly? Yeah. They, 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 cannot, they cannot stop talking about this movie. It is nonstop. Yeah. It's, one of their, it's one of their most talked about movies of all time. You can bear, they, they're just giving it away. Everywhere you go, they're just hand, you get walking into the park, they're handing it out with the tickets. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, a, how many special editions this movie they're going to put out? Yeah. I mean, I can't get enough of it either. It's just a nonstop. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it's, there's like, it's like all over. Disney Plus can't miss it. Can't miss it. Yeah. Uh, it it's uh, it's right next to Hamilton. It's right it's next like, to Hamilton. Yeah. In between Hamilton and Greatest Showman is this movie. Is this movie? It's, it's, it's like they shoved it in. It's it's uh, you know if if you if you when you load up like you know uh, important movies, it's right there with it. It's it's yeah. It's it's hanging out with Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's the section of Disney Plus where it says "Celebrate Black Voices." This movie's in there. Yeah, 
Or it's absolutely not, and Disney pretends that they'll it's never going to exist and never has existed. Buddy, we're talking about the 1946 live-action animated classic, Song of the South. Problematic! A long time coming. Uh, yeah. It was always... So, the reason why we decided to shove Song of the South in here is because the next episode is Princess and the Frog. And right now, those two are very linked to one another since they're uh, making way in the ride that is loosely based on this film for Princess and the Frog. So we figured, might as well talk about Song of the South. It's also culturally relevant right now. It's very culturally relevant right now yeah uh, so this was uh this movie was released through disney through uh rko uh out of nowhere as, 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 yeah out of nowhere rko out of nowhere uh so uh which at the time rko kind of did like two things they re- they they released disney films and they released like crime and noir movies those were their two major uh claims king, to fame so, and king kong and King Kong, but not at, not 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 at this point. That you know, no. we're 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 past that era of RKO. RKO used to distribute the um, Disney short films too. So, Radio Keith Orpheum. Yes, yes. Uh, I forgot what it stands for. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, 1946. Uh, 1946, as we've talked about in the past, uh, a. Uh, tough year for Disney. Post war, post war, like like really post war, like right after. Yeah, uh, Song of the South came out. Well, let's see when its premiere was. Uh, November of forty six. So okay. you keep that in mind. Keep in mind that the, the what World War Two ended in June of forty five. Five, yeah, it was like summer of forty five. I couldn't remember when, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and so. Money was tight. Uh, and at the Disney Studios, uh, you know, their money was both tied up uh, overseas because they couldn't get their uh, European um, money because it had to be used over there, as we've talked about before. That's why they started doing so many live action movies around the time. And it's really cheap to make live action uh, by comparison, especially right. for Disney, since they're not doing particularly massive films you know they're not this movie is a lot of things but it's not uh a high budget uh, <laughs> no. um, but nor is it all live action no and no it has several animated shorts scattered throughout which disney was still doing at the time uh and walt's interest in animation was starting to wane at this point uh, at this point, we're less than 10 years away from Disneyland, you know. Uh, so he's already got an eye towards that, I'm sure. Yeah, he's already, he, he always wanted to be a live action director. So this this era really worked out for him. And so uh, inevitably, Song of the South becomes a film that they're going to make uh, based off of the Joel Chandler Harris uh book of uh uncle remus stories uh which is great you know nothing's better than a white guy writing black history 
<laughs> trying had, to. Had yeah. Walt said he'd always wanted to do those stories too. Yes, it was always something. His his daughter his daughter was in her daughters I, were big fans of the stories. Supposedly, but the thing is with Disney stories is that it's hard to tell what's like legit and what's not legit. Yeah. Um, and, and even like the books that have the best of intentions to sort of look past the Disney um, version of the stories can't fully decipher what the truth is and what the truth isn't with some of these things. So uh, when we get to Disneyland stuff in the future, it becomes really tricky. Like when it comes to the history of its conception, because there it's virtually impossible to know what, (laughs) what, what the truth is and what the truth isn't. And you just sort of have the word of the studio, but the word, but the studio, not exactly known for being completely upfront for that that stuff. No, no. It's, uh, and, and and the thing about this, like particularly with this movie, is that uh, the sort of ignoring it uh, is a relatively recent thing altogether. But uh, last thirty years, right? Yeah, even that because uh, it was still airing on the Disney Channel through the new millennium. So uh, with an with a scene cut out, uh, you will obviously know what scene was cut out when we get there. Uh, but yeah, it was still airing in the, in the 2000s on TV. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's really within the last like 20 some odd years at this point. So, um, it's, uh, now it, for that reason, full disclosure about how we watch this movie. Oh yeah. You can't get this movie. It was you never can't. Re- yeah. You can't, it was never released on VHS forward in the United States. Yeah, it was um, Japan. There's, a, there's a, that one Japanese bootleg. Yeah, there's there's Asian. Has. Yeah, there's Asian bootlegs that are pretty, and, and not even like it was released in like Europe and stuff on like Laserdisc, which was for the, which for the most part is the highest quality version of this film that exists. It's the Laserdisc version of the movie, right. uh, which is the version that I was able to procure a sort of fan remaster of the Laserdisc version of this film. So it's uncut and it's actually pretty high quality. The one I yeah. gave you, the version that I uh, lent you uh, uh-huh. <laughs> was uh, even, I actually have a higher quality version than that, but it would have cost, it would have, there was no point in uploading this, you know, 18 gigabyte file. No, <laughs> it, it looks fine. It looks yeah, fine. It's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's it's cleaned up really well. Uh, it's not hard to find, uh, honestly. I, I th- no. It's on archive. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was on YouTube at some point. Like, yeah, it, it comes. It'll get, it'll get uploaded and then taken down. It comes and goes. It, you you will find it on archive. Uh, despite some of the news about archive. Uh, yeah. Archive archives still seems to be here to stay for a while, but it's definitely there. Uh, but yeah, you're not getting it in America at all. Period. No. It just it's 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 scrubbed from the official Disney canon for good. Uh, for now, I mean, it, there could be a time where they could have some sort of archival pur- purpose before releasing it in some way, shape, or form. Um, I've said it before. They lost their opportunity when they were putting out the uh, Disney Treasures sets. Um, they put out a World War II set where they give you disclaimers about, like, because those, you know, there, there's no two ways around it. They're, those uh, World War II propaganda films were all xenophobic as all get out. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, Asian and, uh, you know, Russian and German caricatures and stuff. So, um, uh, don't know why I said Russian. They were our allies in World War II. <laughs> we, why, we, why were we making fun of them? Then? Was there some Jewish stereotypes in those two? Uh, some of them, like uh, when you get to like the silly symphonies, uh, they did yeah. it. They, they, the original um, Three Little Pigs, uh, the Big Bad Wolf was yes. a door to door peddling uh, brushes and it was very uh, stereotypically Hasidic. Yes. Uh, it, it, like, you know. Horrible propaganda style. So uh, there's there's that, and there is a fine line between like this what was going on at the time and just out flat out racism and like those Disney shorts were like the the, the World War Two shorts didn't have good intentions behind them. They were no. they were designed. This movie, the intentions weren't bad uh nobody nobody set out to do something and and like they went sort of they sort of went out because they knew it was going to be controversial like while making it they knew it was going to be controversial given the content and what was going on like they brought in people to sort of like ask like listen is this okay and stuff and like early drafts of the script has some things changed and stuff but it's still like um uh weird uh it's very outdated <laughs> very yeah. outdated i i was um, gonna get this out of the way while we're yeah. here is um so there's there are things we're talking we're gonna be talking about that we might not think is bad yeah however we're two yeah. white guys yeah so yeah so um we we uh, we, we understand the core of the problematic issues with absolutely, but, but, but we may not understand the uh, minutia of some of the problematic details in right. here. And there's some things that we'll probably just glance over entirely. But I feel like we'll do a decent enough job to do that. With that being said, I did put a little disclaimer at the beginning of this. Uh, but there's going to be some things said that aren't particularly great. No. Uh, phrases and whatnot, but nothing um, that will, nothing that could directly get us canceled. There's no, there's not going to be any heated gamer moment words on here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just we're not going to say the the end words like we said with the hard R. That's not no. going to happen. Or 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 a saw or or an A. Neither of those. It's not going to be said, and and I I wouldn't feel comfortable saying it anyway. So, yeah. 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 Um, but there, there, there is, uh, and, and there, there, there will be a history lesson, uh, concerning one of the segments in here, uh, because, of uh, the fact that it is, a, it is a derogatory term, but there's some minutia to it. So <laughs> we yeah. gotta, uh, we'll talk about that when we get there, but, um, yeah, I guess we'll just, this news fest of a film. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because it, it's it's both semi enjoyable in some aspects, but then also it gets down to like, I nothing's happening at any like when anything is happening, it's absolute chaos and it's insane. 
Yeah. Uh, the animated sequences are pretty good for the most part. They are. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Uncle Remus is absolutely charming as hell. He's the best part um, of the movie. Best part of the movie by long shot. Um, uh, and oh, the the um, James Basket is the uh, actor that plays him, and he's absolutely great. Um, he's got a great voice. He does. He does. He's he's perfect for this. Uh, uh, which is probably a terrible thing to <laughs> say in a, in a sense, but no, I know. But you yeah. know, I, 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 if nothing else, they actually cast black actors and not they just didn't put like white dudes in dark makeup. Yeah, this they didn't try to do like West Side Story. Yeah, it's like let's just let's let's put some shoe polish onto or some like leather tanner onto the face of Frankie Valley and call him, yeah. uh, you know, Puerto Rican or whatever. This is right. Uh, I mean, it is everything's correct. Um, a major problem this movie has is the setting. Uh, uh, because, yeah. because because Disney was never straightforward on the messaging behind what this movie was. Uh, so uh, it, 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 people are unclear about the fact that in this movie they are they are not slaves. Um, it's post-war. This is, it's right? post-war. It's the reconstruction uh, is when this takes place. So they're not slaves. They are employees. Like, actually, they're free. Yeah. But um, but Disney never makes it perfectly clear uh, in the movie itself. I, I, like, in everything that's sort of outside of the movie, they, 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 there's, there's messaging that says that. But in the movie itself, it never states any of that. It is completely no. unclear. You never know if... Uh, you you only barely know that Uncle Remus is a free man um, until like the very end where he's just like packing his ditty bag, get ready to leave to Atlanta. Um, yeah, well, the part where he's talking to Johnny, yeah, where he's like, "Yeah, I'll go with you." Yeah, and I was like, "If not, no, that'd be like, well, no, you can't just leave. They'll, yeah, they'll shoot you." Yeah, so so yeah, it, it's. There, there's only like the only way you would really know is if you really knew history and you could tell that the like by the clothing because the clothing is period correct. Yeah. Um. Uh. And they call like the like uh the field hands like sharecroppers and stuff like you have that stuff going on. That's really the only way you'll know that they're not employees are uh, independent contractors. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, you don't get health insurance, but you get a. You get, a, you get a better paycheck than you would anywhere else. But you can't work on another plantation. No. Uh, and, and so, you know, and it is, you know, and it takes place on like an antebellum, you know, <laughs> antebellum mansion kind of location. And yeah. um, so, so the movie starts off with the family, Johnny and his parents, like, oh, we're going to go visit your grandmother. He doesn't know that they're going there to move, to yeah. live there. But the dad is leaving immediately to go back to Atlanta because of his he's he's an editor of the newspaper and he has to go back and they never at any point explain what this weird situation's about. Like no. it's almost as if you're supposed to believe like I, I had to look it up after we were done watching after I was done watching this. It's like is is there some sort of like 1940s or like Civil War era? secret meaning behind uh, why everything's such a secret, what dad's doing, and nobody can find out anything. Nobody really knows what 
that dad's deal is. You have the suspicion. We were like, is he going to fight in the uh, for the, the Confederacy? Because I didn't know it was post war. Yeah, it's post war, yeah. so no. But I mean, yeah. it, like, it implies that he's, their lives are in danger because he runs a newspaper, which makes me think that he's maybe Confederate sympathizer newspaper. Yeah, but it doesn't really. They never explain anything. It, it, the dad just disappears, and that's sort of the setup for the story. Um, Johnny, uh, Johnny is very sad about all of this, uh, and, and John, he's, uh, the, Johnny. Okay, so Johnny is um, Bobby Driscoll, the uh, Disney kid, the Disney kid of the forties, absolutely, uh, and he is absolutely terrible, um, just just the worst. Uh, yeah. All of the kids in this movie, with the exception of Toby. Toby. Toby's fine. Toby's fine. I like Toby. Um, uh, but also Toby's like, it's he's like problematic. It's like he's like buckwheat in this. Story. Oh, yeah. 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 But uh, but he's a sweet kid. He, he's, yeah. he's, he really seems like he's having fun. He's precocious. Uh, yeah, he's precocious. He's, he's, he seems like he's genuinely having fun being in this movie. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, Bobby Driscoll seems like he's just sort of like he's he's pretending to do what he thinks actors do. Um, yeah. It's obnoxious. His crying is terrible. <laughs> when his dad leaves. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. It's miserable. So, yeah, he, he packs up his bindle and he's yeah. getting ready to run away. Uh, to where? Unclear. Probably to Atlanta as well. But uh, I believe it's Atlanta because because that's where his dad's going. Yeah. His dad's going back to Atlanta. They left Atlanta dad's going back to Atlanta. So he's going to follow him there. Uh, and so as he's running away, he is sort of drawn to the voice of uncle Remus. And he's telling uh, the, a bunch of kids, the story of Br'er rabbit. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, Johnny is like watching from the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Creepily, like, creepily, like hiding behind a tree. Uh, this is at night, by the way. It's, it's, like it's at night. night. Yeah, it's 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 night so by fireside. Uh, uh, and I, it's what? night, but looks like afternoon. <laughs> yeah, because they did that thing where it's they they, they just like black mask. Oh, that's not not like <laughs> the the scene. So they just put a, a shadowy filter over the yeah. lens to make it appear so they can right. do new because because it, it's not like they can shoot at they can't shoot at night if they're outdoors. Right. Uh because I think child labor laws at the time were still like they can't sh- have kids shooting like at night. That's just not going to happen. John Landis so, is like cold my beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 40, 40 years later, John Landis uh, is like, I'll I, show you I'll, what I'll, I'll, was. <laughs> um, Yeah, everyone finds out Johnny is missing now at this point. Uh, uh, but uh, he's able to sort of you know, hide out of sight. Uncle Remus knows he's there. He sees him and uh, finds him and Offers to take him back to his cabin, <laughs> yeah. which already you're like, Whoa. okay, okay, Uncle, let's, uh, yeah, let's, yeah, um, yeah, he, 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 he yeah. foppish clothes, yeah, it's, it's friendly, friendly ups with Johnny. Uh, well, you're gonna need food if we're gonna go on this big journey. I'll go with you, kind of thing. You need food, so let's go back. 
And so he takes him to his cabin and that's where he starts telling him uh, the story of Rare Rabbit earns a dollar a minute. Right. Um, and it's just an animated story of Rare Rabbit out, tri- out, out thinking and tricking the Briar Bear. Like Rare Rabbit gets caught in a trap by Briar Fox. Uh, and in order to get down, he tricks Briar Bear to let him down by telling him that he gets paid a dollar a minute by being by hanging out there, keeping an eye out, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, and and this, you know, this is Uncle Remus trying to uh, distract Johnny, distra- distract Johnny, sort of uh, get his mind off of the thought of running away. Right. Um, he keeps calling him Honey too. Yeah, but that's like no, I get it. Yeah, honey, but yeah, that's yeah, weird. yeah. But or maybe it's like The Shining, where he <laughs> he he knows what his nickname is by accident. Yeah. By, maybe <laughs> it's Doc. Do you ever think about running away to Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, because the, the, it's Br'er Rabbit running away. Because you're introduced to uh, Uncle Remus, like running into uh, Br'er Rabbit as he's hammering up his hole that he lives in. Like he's running away. Yeah. Uh, but then you know this encounter with the fox and bear uh, makes him, uh, you know, second guess that thought, and so you know he's planting that seed in the Johnny's head. Um, I, I am pleased to because I, I thought like oh god please don't tell me these characters are voiced by white guys pretending to be black yeah no it's actually black guys yeah voice yeah. I was like oh thank god oh thank god yeah and, and, and um, none of these are original Disney stories you must keep that in mind these are all right. like, straight adaptions from uh, uh, old uh, African American folk tales. Right. They were just collected and rewritten by uh, uh, Joel Chandler Harris and the Uncle Remus ones. They existed before that. Just Joel Chandler Harris collected them and made sort of his own stories out of them. Right. Um, if you go to the uh, Wikipedia page for uh, Br'er Rabbit earns a dollar a minute. It's a, it has it has a really good um, artist uh, rendition of the fox and bear like the bear trapped in the uh trap uh because they're super realistic it's like a super realistic bear hanging yeah. from a hanging from you know effectively a noose uh <laughs> which I, and i remember him that's part of the splash mountain right it's part of the splash mountain remember, you, yeah he's, 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 the fox is yelling at him so you get down from there we gotta catch yeah. that brer rabbit my, um, my my sister, uh, we went in Splash Mountain for the first time, and she goes, "There's that damn bear! <laughs> Look at that damn bear over there <laughs> in front of children, uh, by the by Br'er Bear." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have you. So yeah, so this this convinces Johnny not to run away anymore. Uncle Remus takes him back to his mom and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they told you. Cause he told, um, cause when they, when they were looking for Johnny, they ran in uncle Remus before uncle Remus had got to Johnny, but knew where Johnny was and told them, you go back and tell her that I have him. Uh, it was, uh, 
Oh, is that Mom's Mabley? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's like the housekeeper or something like that. Yeah. Or or, or is it um, uh, Hattie McDaniel? McDaniel. Hattie McDaniels. Hattie McDaniels. Uh, she was in. Uh, she was Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Uh, so she's an Oscar winner, by the way. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, so she you know she replaces the mother. So the mother isn't freaked out at first, but when nighttime rolls around, she starts freaking out again. And then Uncle Remus shows up with her son and you know apologizes, like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought she told you he was with me. I was just telling him stories. Lost track of time, and everything's yeah. fine. Johnny's Johnny's doing his thing. The mom's kind uh, of. Ugh. I don't know. The mom's. I don't. It's a bad character. She's she's um, poorly written. She's like one of the. Yeah. Um, She's like one of she's like a love interest in a Universal monster movie. Like, eh, yeah, eh. She, and she has this sort of she she has this uncomfortable aura around her around here. Like, if she was in like uh, Get Out, like it would feel fine. Yeah, yeah, like like she's 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 vaguely insincere at all times. Like it feels like she's trying not to be racist the entire movie. Like the grandma, yeah, the grandma. Yeah. But clearly, she's just a good-hearted soul. Like she, she doesn't seem like she has a racist bone in her body. No, uh, the mom feels like she's trying to suppress something the entire movie. Yeah, she's like, uh... she, like she can't wait to just like dig into Uncle Remus. Uh, <laughs> she, she's she, however the actress play, I don't know her name, but she's super uptight. Like she yeah. is uptight. She's kind of a Karen in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So we're about to get into what is the most problematic uh, mm-hmm. cartoon. The next cartoon is the singular most problematic cartoon, other than sort of the overall tone of this movie, sort of whitewashing black history and sort of pretending that construction, the construction era, reconstruction era was okay and that everyone lived hap- you know, in symbiosis with one another and were perfectly happy. Yeah, uh, the way they so were, which and, yeah. yeah, everyone's happy now and they're free and they could do whatever they want. They just happen to live here and you know they work here still on our plantation. It's perfectly fine. Nothing's weird about this. No, nope. um, no. So like it, it makes it it, it it paints too pretty of a picture of the era. Like it's a romanticized. It's like pirates and everything. It's 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 what Disney does. It's you know whatever yeah. it is with with pirates or the old uh fairy tales and stuff. You 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 make right down to Disneyland with like Main Street USA and all of that stuff where you just sort of make everything as perfect as possible. Like this is the idealized version of like right. this isn't how it was, but this is what the feeling of it was supposed to be. Even if it wasn't, that's what they were. It's you know, it's the it's the American dream. It doesn't like it, it's what Superman stands for the American dream. But even though even when America itself isn't the greatest, like what he stands for is good, and it stands for what America is, and that's sort of what they go for a lot of times. For this is like, right. even though things weren't great, this is what we this is what the it was supposed to be, and what the feelings were at the time. And then in cases like this, it just whitewashes uh, a culture entirely, and it's terrible uh, for that way. And I that between that and this next cartoon, it's the, it's those two things that make it sort of unreleasable in modern society. Um, right. uh, Disney has kind of- yeah. 
Disney has done much more direct racist things. The Crows in Dumbo, um, the Indians in uh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, the Siamese cats. Yeah, the uh, Siamese cats. Or, um, yeah. Uh, the chef, know. Lady the Tramp. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, just like, you know, they, they've, like, this one, they try their very best to not completely fall into stereotypes. But in 1946, uh, they can only go so far because they don't. As even even so, as a country, we haven't grown that far into sort of past that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, we're um, they try their best, but they're not particularly successful. But it could have been worse. It could have been way worse. Um, but it's still pretty bad in that sense. Yeah. Um, so this is where we're introduced to Ginny. The poor white girl friend uh, that Forrest Gump goes to school with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said Ginny, not Jenny. <laughs> but they're gonna move. They're gonna move to Greenbow, Alabama. Greenbow. Uh, she's, she's gonna take some drugs and uh, with some dude and uh, try to jump off a, a balcony while Freebird plays. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the best movies of that year, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great soundtrack. Uh, yeah. This has a great soundtrack too, but uh, it is well known for uh, its soundtrack. The only thing they acknowledge. Yeah, the only thing Disney acknowledges these days. Um, and it's funny because they will acknowledge, um, like, they will just straight up release the James Basket version of Zippity Doodah. Yeah. Um, like, just straight up. Like, I remember growing up, they put out a book on tape, like a sing along yeah, yeah. book on tape that was this, that was Song of the South. And it was just, you know, zippity doodah and some of that stuff. Um, I just, <laughs> I just recently bought a vinyl record of this next segment, um, which is great. Uh, not great, uh, but you'll find out why. Um, anyways, uh, Ginny, uh, it gives Johnny a puppy. <laughs> Because her brothers are trying to drown it? Because her brothers are threatening to drown the dog. (laughs) These brothers are, in modern times, would be like, these are all indicators of future serial killers. Uh, Uh, Perhaps current serial killers, because they they don't really hide any of their uh, emotions at any given time. I was going to say what Jenny and her brothers are because I am a person. I am a Caucasian. Yes. They are white trash. They are very much. They are the 1946 version of white trash. Yes. They live They live in what would be a trailer park of yeah. 1946. Um, just an old beat down shack. I don't know where their house is in relation to this plantation. It is unclear. It seems like it's almost on property. Yeah. <laughs> but uh definitely close enough to where Johnny is able to Johnny and Toby are able to make friends with her. Um but yeah, the brothers Joe and Jake are are going they're going to drown the puppy. Uh John <laughs> so Johnny takes the dog. Yeah. Um and but the mom if you're nice to him. Yeah. Yeah, uh he does this weird thing with the dog where he rubs his face on the dog. Yeah. Like, Again, he's yeah, again, he he he's just acting like how he thinks actors act. Like it, yeah. it's like he needs to make a, 
like it's like stage acting where you sort of have to over exaggerate your motions because you have to be seen from farther away. Yeah. So that's so there's a lot of like so it's like instead of just doing like a kiss and a hug, he's doing a lot of exaggerated motions to but like it's unnecessary in a movie, but he's a kid and you really can't direct a kid that well. So it's like, yeah. oh, fine. Th- that's a good take. Let's just get, let's just move forward. You don't have to rub your face in the damn dog. <laughs> yeah. We don't, yeah. it's, uh, I, I felt bad for that dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was clearly a, re- a legit puppy puppy. He's like, adorable puppy, by the way. Absolutely adorable puppy. Big uh, floppy dog yeah yeah uh so uh johnny's mom tells him he can't have the dog so he takes the dog to uncle remus <laughs> um and this is where uncle remus uh goes into the next cartoon uh it is brer rabbit and the tar baby uh <sighs> okay <I'm- laughs> I know. I know. It's hard to go through this because the phrase, that phrase is going to be said a couple of times and there's nothing we can really do about saying it. Um, At the time of this movie coming out, it was not an ethnic slur. It was not a racial slur. Uh, It was still part of this storyline of like, you know, these books, of these stories Right. Um, and you know, you can almost trace back uh, this being used as uh, an ethnic slur or a racial racial slur um, to this movie. Uh, not immediately, but not too far after that. If you look it up, if you look up that phrase, still in the dictionary, it is still a difficult problem, which is only aggravated by attempts to solve it. Yeah. Um, and like other, and then like secondary definitions are uh, a derogatory term for a black person, right? Uh, 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 and like uh, s- certain politicians have used the phrase uh, for the for that original purpose, the difficult yeah. thing. Like uh, I know John, I, I think I think McCain and Mitt Romney have both used it. I think yes. John. I think John Kerry got in trouble for using it one time. Do you remember the old SNL bit with uh, Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor? Yeah. Where they're, they're shouting ethnic slurs. That was the first time I ever heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like hoggy. He says tar baby. He goes, dead hoggy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's Around that time is where it started really becoming a racial slur. Um, yeah. Uh, but, like... Most of the time, uh, the like its biggest problem is it became one. Like it became one because not necessarily because it was, but because it sounds like one, and it doesn't right. matter anymore. It doesn't matter at all that the phrase means something else and did mean something else, and very recently meant something else. The fact of the matter is, is that what it means is like what it is now has changed. It's yeah. just like anything else. It's just like almost anything else like oh i can say that word because it means like you know oh that means female dog or it means happy yeah. or it means whatever it's like it doesn't man it doesn't yeah uh, like you it's know it's like, the intent of doing of, of the with this yeah. intent yeah um like there because because you know when when like some of these politicians have used that phrase 
in the past they were using it in the context of a problem that need that was needed to be solved. Um, but so they weren't like, it wasn't even like directed towards a singular person or anything, but it doesn't matter anymore. Like, like as of like the seventies in particular, it, it didn't, uh, it, it, it changed. It's changed. Uh, they use it in the uh, miniseries Roots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, they use that phrase and they'll tell you, it's like, that's uh, historically inaccurate. They never would have used that phrase back then. Um, it just wasn't, it didn't exist. It wasn't in the lexicon. Uh, at, at, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't on the same level as the N word. Right. So. Um, it, it, it didn't exist period in the, in terms of calling somebody that. So, um, so that's, that's the truncated history of, uh, I don't want to say it more than I have to, uh, Uh, the baby, the baby. Yeah. Um, uh, what doesn't help is that there's no way of drawing that without having it look like, uh, an Al Jolson film, you know, it, yeah. it looks, it looks, it looks like a minstrel act. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. very, yeah. Yeah. You know, exaggerated cause it's pitch black. Um, you know, you have to paint like, you know, if you put, if you, if you put like, you know, facial features on it, they're going to do that whole stupid nonsense. So yeah. It's, um, Google it. I don't want to, want to really want to describe what it looks like. Just Google yeah. it. Yeah, like I said, the uh, like I said, that vinyl record that I just got uh, has this section turned translated into a storybook um, because you know it was the '70s and it was still okay, uh, yeah, quote, sure. and, quote unquote. Um, we don't mean no harm. Uh, yeah, yeah. A- and also this is also the section that the majority of Splash Mountain is based off of. But he, this got the baby in Splash Mountain. Yeah, the baby isn't it, but this, whole, <laughs> but like, but like the, like the, so the ride starts off doing the first short. So the ride starts yeah. off with Br'er Rabbit running away, right? Um, and so you know, and, and and so at this point he's doing the uh, reverse psychology. The whole story is about reverse psychology, right? Um, I'm trying to think of is this the one. So, cause, so the third, okay. So the third cartoon is the one that is, uh, the middle of the ride and, the, yeah. and, and this version of, and, and, and the baby scene is the end of the ride. So they've got, they've got them out of sequence, but it works better that way thematically, especially in this, in the ride. Right. Um, but this one is basically the, the bear and the fox have cop captured, uh, Br'er Rabbit. Um, and, you know, they're threatening him with all the different ways they're going to kill him. You know, I could skin you. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, you can skin me, but please don't throw me into that briar patch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you know, I could eat you. You know, he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just don't throw me in the briar patch. And eventually it works, and uh, uh, he gets thrown into the briar patch. Uh, and he pretends to be getting hurt. And, uh, yeah. Uh, oh God. I just because the he gets he, so the way, the way he gets he talks while yeah. well, he's getting hurt. Yes. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. So the way he gets captured by Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, I guess I return a little bit, is they made this baby out of tar, and he gets into a fight with the baby, uh, and, and and he ends up you know 
oh, you're not going to talk to me, huh? You're too good for me kind of thing. And then it gets into a tussle with it and gets tra- stuck at it. And so that's when they capture him. So, yeah, he does all of his, like, over over the top, very, very stereotypical uh, dying uh, nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Briar Pratch is where he's born and bred. So it doesn't really hurt him. He's able to get out of there and get back home in... Uh, in a split second, the, the, the fox and the bear are kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, they're they're bumbling, they're bumbling goofs. They're the Keystone Cops, you know. It's, the, the bear, especially, is just a, I mean, he he's played like he's mentally disabled. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. And, and and the and the fox isn't that much. It's 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 basically a southern version of like Honest John yeah. from Pinocchio. Right. Uh, just a very conniving. Because it's a fox, and that's the only way foxes are played. Uh, yeah, you know, straight through to uh, Zootopia. Unless you're an indie game developer, where a fox is in everything. Yeah, <laughs> called fox. Oh, <laughs> it's if you're laughing, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, so this this story uh, uh, leads Johnny to basically learn the advice of Br'er Rabbit and the brothers come just basically like pound him, you know, just like they're, they're the, they're the, they're the bullies from the Simpsons, you know, basically, yeah. but without like, but like without Nelson, like the other two bullies, uh, it's, Carney and, it, it, Carney. it's Carney and Jimbo. Jimbo. Yeah. Uh, that's what they, cord. Yeah. He's ragging on your cord, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, Johnny basically uses the same reverse psychology. It's like, oh yeah, you can, you know, you can do that. Just please don't tell my mom. Don't tell your mom. Just don't tell your mom, please. Which leads them to tell their mom, which leads to them getting whooped uh, <laughs> for because the mom didn't want to hear anything about that dog anymore uh, and to leave him alone about the dog. So when they, so when so when they tell her, she beats her kids. So you know. Yeah, there's also missing where child abuse is taking place. Movie, yeah, yeah. These kids probably a reason they're the way they are. Yeah. Uh, do we ever see the dad? No. Is there a dad? No. It's a Disney movie, so there's probably not a dad somewhere. And he it's went probably to go the family. Cigarettes, and he's yeah. some say he's still there. Yeah, he went to go. He went to <laughs> like Johnny's dad. He went to Atlanta to get some <laughs> to get some cigarettes. Gotta go to Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. where where I don't have a mistress. Yeah. Wink, wink. yeah. Uh that's probably what Johnny's dad's deal is, isn't it? Oh heck yeah. 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 <laughs> Left his yeah, family that... back in his good family, his non his non wiener kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, a, I got a kid who's not who's not a dork. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why she looks so uncomfortable the whole time. Like, ugh. Every time I yeah. look at you, I just see your piece of crap, father. Uh, at this point, uh, the mom, the, the kids, in order to get their revenge, tell Johnny's mom about it. And the mom gets upset uh, that Johnny and Uncle Remus kept the dog, uh, despite her saying no. And Uncle Remus had no idea that the mom said no, <laughs> which is 
yeah. which which seems a little like, uh, come on, Uncle Remus, you should have picked up on that. Why he brought the dog to you? What he did? Also, kid, don't get, don't drag Uncle Remus into this. Yeah. Because, listen, I know he's not technically a slave. Yeah. But but then you get mom over here who's like, don't tell any more stories to my kid. <laughs> but she just was like, don't tell. And she just with this really clenched jaw on her neck. Yeah. Just, yeah. She had a Shut real up. she had a real Karen moment here. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so so Uncle Remus, uh, the one thing. Uncle Remus doesn't have much in this life, but he has his stories, and you're taking his stories away from him. Yeah, uh, not great, not great for him. He's not, he's not, he's not feeling it. He's got his stories and his bundle of corn muffins. Yeah, but that's it. That's all he has. It's, yes. Again, again, this movie's not that problematic. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's happy. He's living on the site where he was enslaved still. Uh, living in p- complete squalor. Uh, it's great. Yeah, he loves it. Loves it. Uh, we're we're kind of z- z- uh, zipping past a lot of the songs, but I want to cover the songs separately because the songs are all very good in here. We're zippity doodying past. Yeah. Uh, anyways, hey, guess what? It's Johnny's birthday. Oh, good. <laughs> this character that you don't like, it's it's his birthday now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny has invited Ginny over to his birthday party, uh, which I'm sure the plantation isn't thrilled about. Like uh, another poor person coming over here. The poor, uh, the poor's are coming in. It's like when the Simpsons go to the club, <laughs> the clubhouse. You know, and they get the. Anyways, Ginny gets uh, all. Mom dresses her up all nice. The brothers clearly not invited. Uh, uh, they're not happy about that. They're mad at Ginny for you know being happy. So because you know they're abused and she's not. Uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and so they push her into the mud. And this is where you get another wonderful crying scene of misery. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's oh, Just absolutely terrible crying. Yeah. Um, uh, was Walt on the set for this movie? Uh, yes, yes, he was involved in this. Was he just so, like, okay, children, that that works? Yeah, it's fun. I, I think, I, I think Walt, uh, Walt was a lot of things, but a film director, really, he was not. Uh, yeah, uh, he wanted to be. It was a dream of his, like animation really honestly when he moved to Hollywood was sort of going to be an ends to a means as opposed to being his career path. Like he was good at animation, was fascinated by it, but he wanted to be a movie director. Uh, you know, the first things that he did were those live, were those Alice shorts, right? Uh, which were more live action than animation. I mean, it was, you know, a real person in a, but you know, the little girl that played in those movies was a talented actress. Uh, it, you know, you're poor at this point. The studio is not making any money and you have to get what you can get. And TV actors are sort of like, you know, and Disney actors are basically what you can get at this time. Right. Um, like the fact that he was able to get anyone that was worth their weight is impressive. You know, was able yeah. to get, you know, he got two incredible actors on this movie, but the rest are just sort of, mediocre um, yeah 
that they're dressing. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like they're, they're, it's this Disney thing with the, in the fifties and even in the sixties where the, the child actors are kind of like, ugh. yeah, like, it, like spin and Marty, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I dug spin and Marty a lot, but it's pretty bad. It's bad. It, and I think that, I think it sort of comes with like, it was sort of, it was unclear what, you know, in the forties and everything, it was sort of unclear, like, what the path to acting would be because at the time all the film actors, you know, especially all the huge names would have gotten their starts in sort of, you know, drama, like both radio and stage. Um, as a child, as a child, you know, you're being trained by people where that's how they were trained. So you're training them as stage actors and they don't really understand the nuance of that. So they're out there doing their this over-exaggerated, really bad acting that doesn't work in a movie, but there's kind of no other path for, you know, a little bit more well, time. So Well, the formula is for child actors back then is Shirley Temple. Yeah. That's the formula. Yeah. It's because she's always, oh, mine, and just yeah. over-exaggerating. And- yeah. Because, like I said, that's that's the stage way, especially yeah. back then. It was, you know, everything had to be over exaggerated because, you know, there was no jumbotron. You know, there was no <laughs> Shirley Temple all in the hour gang shorts, little yeah. rascals. That's yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, anyways, yeah, Ginny gets pushed into the mud, and Uncle Remus is is running away himself now to Atlanta because, you know, with he's like he said without. Well, without my stories, what do I have? <laughs> so he's he's decided that this is it. I don't need to be here anymore. So he's Good running day. away. Go, go to go to Atlanta, which I guess is just Atlanta is the Florida of of then. Like everyone's fleeing to Florida now, but it seems like everyone's fleeing to Atlanta in this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, the where um, he just goes, "I'm going to eat the ATL." Well, things make sense. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel like that was some. I I feel like that was you improvising a line. (laughs) No, no, he's one hundred percent said that. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah, Ginny now not being able to go to the party because dress is ruined. Although, yeah, uh, she she runs off and Johnny just throws fists with the boys. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he gets in a tussle. <laughs> gets uh, first, first dance. Yeah, uh, uh, Remus uh, comes in, breaks up the fight, scolds the boys. Uh, Johnny runs off to find Ginny. Uh, uh, isn't Ginny a name from like Harry Potter or something? I feel like. Is <laughs> he a Ginny Weasley? I don't know. I, that's, that's, Ron, that's Ron Weasley's little sister and Harry Potter's future wife. Yeah, that's right. Uncultured swine. <laughs> I my my experience of Harry Potter is two things: the first movie, and uh, the theme park at Disney at Universal, uh, yeah. Florida. So those are my those are my only two experiences with Harry Potter. Uh, I, at least I at least I know that butterbeer is delicious. Uh, yes, <laughs> and uh, and I had a chocolate frog. So yes. But you you could wipe your butt with the rest of the Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look in and see what's this. What 
what what the author has been up to these days. I I, I, oh, I, I don't know what. <laughs> I have to see. I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like I haven't heard anything. You don't want to do that. You know, don't don't do that. Uh, she's 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 doing her own thing right now. Yeah, is she? She's 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 an expert in the medical field, sir, and psychology. She has a friend who's a who's she has a friend. That told her yeah. that she's right. So that's how. Yeah. It <laughs> Take it from me. I'm the person who made a bunch of money by falling ass backwards into this wizard story. <laughs> Pretty much an expert. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, there we go. <laughs> All you had to do is say nothing and tweet about funny wizard stuff, and everything <laughs> would have been great for you forever. Now, you just couldn't shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess. Yeah. It's like, just go by to say Double Door's gay. We don't yeah. care. Good. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, explain how they used magic to use the bathroom. I don't care yeah. about any of that. Just uh, keep keep your... Stay, stay in your lane. Stay in your stay lane. lane. Boy. Yeah, I'm sure, uh, like, I don't... I wonder... <laughs> it's like, yeah. I wonder what, like, you okay. know... Yeah, what uh, other, like, you know, young adult fiction writers or... <laughs> Like just sitting back, like right. okay, this is our chance. It's like it's like I don't know. This, is Stephanie Myers problematic? Does she have or is she just like Twilight's the good stuff and she's just gonna keep it keep it in that lane? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's like uh, you know uh, Beverly Cleary's got some real strong strong opinions about immigration. It's not great. Immigration and uh, police reform. <laughs> what? Yeah. You should, yeah, she she really went off about the post office. <laughs> and about, like, why Ramona and Beezus would not wear masks. Uh, Dear God in heaven. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, Johnny tries to comfort Ginny by telling her Br'er Rabbit story, and he's terrible at it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, Johnny does a bad job. He makes her cry more uh, <laughs> because of his bad narrative. His bad narrative, uh, un- like we mentioned earlier, was not reading the room. Uh, yeah. You seem upset. Here's a story. Here's a story. I told it bad, and it relates directly to you, but it doesn't solve your problem. So, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Remus then shows up and sees. It's like okay, okay. L- listen, kid. Let a professional come in here. Yeah. She cracks. Knuckles. Yeah. Uh, uh, step aside. Step aside. I got a story to you about the laughing place. Yes. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, the laughing place is just the Br'er Rabbit convincing them not to kill him again because, you know, that's how these stories are. Uh, by, I'll take you to my laughing place. Uh, Which sounds like he. The, the laughing place uh, sounds like uh, it's 420 friendly, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone has a laughing place. A laughing place to go, oh, oh. <laughs> um, anyways, inevitably it just leads to Br'er Rabbit uh, tricking Br'er Bear to stick his head in a bush that has a beehive in it. Uh, which I do like the line delivery of 
there ain't nothing in here but bees. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah. It's hard to keep that voice without, like... Without sounding like you're being uh, problematic, which you, honestly, by doing it, you are. We're trying to yeah. do our best not to, like, use the voices of Fox and Rabbit because it is very much... That sort of like that's another major problem with this movie is that they they leaned a little too hard in being sort of like the caricature the of... caricature of the language back then. Yeah. Like it's like is it faithful? Yes and no kind of thing. It's like you don't just because it may be accurate doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> just, just because they are Tony. black voice. Yeah. Does it mean say, hey, turn up the blackness? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you can hear the director, like, you know, explaining how they want it said. You know what I mean? Like, just some, just some, just some straight laced. Could you maybe make, yeah. Yeah. Just, just like, yeah, doing like, can you, you know, we need, we need you to, we need a little more, like, Aunt Jemima out of this role Andy, if you can or something. Andy it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which did you uh, see did you see the jazz singer? We can can we do something like that? And the and these poor guys who, you know, you gotta take like you gotta take what you can get back then. Yeah, especially, especially yeah, especially as a minority yeah, especially as a minority in Hollywood, you had to take what you could get. You and um, it's like you gotta eat crap and yeah. smile. So yeah, and ask for and ask for seconds. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's unfortunate. So yeah, we, we've we've done a pretty good job at going away from there. Brer Bear is a little different of a situation because it's typical dumb guy voice, but amped up to eleven. Yeah, uh, like, like we said, it's just, it, he receives head injuries. He receives head injuries during this film, so uh, he could be working on a concussion. So yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's like a step beyond Pete Puma, as far as his yeah, die. yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I forget what's okay. Where are we at? Uh, laughing place. Laughing place. Yeah. So there, yeah. So this this is sort of the end of the cartoons, and Bray Rabbit finally escapes. You know, after they after he creates this like. Rube Goldberg device of chaos. And he's like, I didn't say I was taking you to your laughing place. I was taking you to my laughing place. Uh, Cause it was hilarious to him that they were just being attacked by bees and wailing on. Died. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, he finally get, makes his way back home and he was like, Hey, you know what? The briar patch that this is, this is where I was born and breaded. <laughs> so, uh, so after that, uh, that makes the kids feel a little better. Yeah. Um, uh, they get back to the plantation. Uh, the mom is mad at Johnny because his birthday party's over. <laughs> he missed his own birthday party. Uh, he only had one guest. What the hell? Who cares? Yeah, his dad wasn't there, so who cared? I mean, that's right. I mean that, that's that was Johnny was super bummed that his dad wasn't going to be there. Um. Uh, so she tells Uncle Remus not to spend any more time with my son. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Uncle Remus, his 
he's sad now. He had nothing but good intentions, and this this white woman just had to scream at me and yes. send. This not even. This isn't even your plantation, and you fired me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this wasp is screaming at me, blaming yeah. me for her for the fact that she's a terrible parent, and her husband is off boning some other chick. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, you're the side piece. Also yeah. Kid, right. Okay. Uh, so so Remus packing his bags, heading out to Atlanta. Uh, and Johnny sees this happening. <laughs> and this is where the movie takes its, like, it's barreling towards its climax, and it's the most absurd climax. I, if you had never seen this movie before, 0%. They sort, it is a Chekhov's gun situation. They do yeah. introduce uh, the uh, cause of Johnny's potential demise at the beginning of this movie a little bit, but right. you never really expect it to play into anything. Uh, especially to this level. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny uh, is running to Uncle Remus and the bull that they introduced <laughs> is chasing after Johnny. <laughs> and uh, obviously this, obviously there is no like special effects to make this work. So they have to keep cutting back to Johnny running and the bull running separately. Yep. Uh Funny thing, they just had like had him fly through the air, <laughs> like 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 a like a uh, you know a comedy sketch where they just like quickly switch him to a rag doll and then back. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, You're kind of rooting for the bull. Yeah. Anyways, the bull charges him down, and I don't know how he gets Johnny. What happens with Johnny? Because by the time you get to Johnny after the bulls run him down, he's on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Uh, laying face down in the dirt. Uh, took, a sick, took a sick bump, brother. Yeah. Uh, sold that gore. Yeah. So I don't know if he like rammed him through the fence or just like gored him with a horn and flipped him into the air and just on the other side of the fence or what. But, um, but yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Johnny, uh, Johnny is. Uh, now, literally on the verge of death. <laughs> it's it's like it's like it's that gif of Yamcha and the crater. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's just in a bed, eyes closed. Everyone's somber around him. Now, keep in mind, Remus didn't tell the end of the story of the Laughing Place yet. Yeah. Uh, we just sort of jumped ahead just because it's hard to break up the stories like that. Um. So, anyways. Uh, the dad returns at, during this scene, seemingly unrelated to Johnny's situation. This is just like it's like Anakin catching up to his mom in Attack of the Clones. Right. He just he just happens to be there at the worst possible time uh, or best possible time to watch his son yeah. pull through. It depends on depends on how it plays out. Of course, it could be the worst possible time. He may be pulling for the for Johnny to untether him from this plantation and let him go back to Atlanta. Uh, but You're like, oh man, that sucks. Good thing I have another friend, another child at home in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, anyway, so like his dad showing up doesn't bring him back to life, but Uncle Remus showing up and finishing the story of the laughing place uh, sort of <laughs> magically um, brings him back to life. Yeah. <laughs> He gets Lazarus pitted by the last little... By the yeah. laughing place. Uh, yeah. That's what the laughing place is. It's the Lazarus pit. Rachel Ghoul is there to... Johnny to, arises, but like without his soul. 
Yeah. Uh, he's going to slowly go more and more mad until he's in like a Disney pirate movie sometime later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, he is a treasure island kid. You're right. Yeah. He is a treasure island kid. Yes. Oh, good lord. Uh, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, Johnny survives his horrific bull attack. Uh, they're I'm all. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I, just... I know. You never see it coming. It, it's like it makes no sense. And when it happens, you're just like, what? It'd be kind of funny if, like, just re-edit, cut that scene, but have Bulls on Parade by Rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, the the end of the movie is the 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 children with the with the puppy has returned. The puppy yeah. disappeared, uh, and it's never seen again until now. Uh, here's the puppy back with all three of the kids. Uncle Remus sees the kids and is dumbfounded when he sees Br'er Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Did I just make these things come to life? Yeah, uh, Uncle Remus. There's an old uh, uh, sort of um, like movie movie trope. Uh, again, this is going to be another one of those um, uh, inappropriate phrases that I'm sorry I have to say, but it's a common trope and it's mythical. Yeah. It's the it's it's the magical Negro uh yeah, thing where yeah. it's always where it's always a supporting like it's a supporting character to a white protagonist that seems to have some sort of deep insight or like or like uh mystical powers that have been like that are like you know traditional uh uh it was Le- Legend of Bagger Vance. Yeah. Um, you know, Spike Lee did a thing with it. Um, yeah. Legend of Bagger Vance, the Green Mile. Green uh, Mile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a trope. And this is very much like this ending sort of really leans into uh, that trope, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> or it sort of makes, it sort of makes Uncle Remus sort of almost supernatural in a sense. Uh, Actually, the this, origin of Tropa, if you think about it. Uh, pro- yeah, most certainly is. Uh, well, not most certainly, but like it's definitely one of the earliest sort of film examples of that. So, right. uh, so yeah, so they, they, they're walking off into the sunset with all the cartoon characters with the, with the zippity doodah and everything, uh, everything wraps up in, uh, happy ending. I sort of thought, like, is this Uncle Remus dying? Right? <laughs> it's or, like, or, or Johnny's dying, and this, he just imagines this. Yeah, it's uh, like it very well easily could be, but it is a Disney movie. So while they may be sad and chaotic, uh, they never have a sad ending. So it really is just them walking off in the sunset with the cartoons. Uh, I, I assume they're leading him into a big uh, vat of dip. It's going to throw them in there. Oh my god, it's Dip! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Toontown. And they do appear. I'm pretty sure Br'er yeah. Fox and Br'er Bear appear in Toontown, I think. In like the ending uh, scene of... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, smile, yeah. yeah they Anyways, do. yeah. Anyways, uh, James Basket plays Uncle Remus, obviously, but he's also Br'er Fox. Um, you know, and you have uh, Bobby Driscoll, Luana Patton. Uh, 
uh, Hattie McDaniel. Uh, let's see, Lucille Watson. She was just another one of those, uh, you know, act- classical actresses of the time. Uh, it's like, a, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent enough cast. Sure, it's, uh, it's 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 like the Marx Brothers movies where you don't care about the supporting cast. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah. So, yeah, like we were saying earlier, uh, this movie was post World War Two. Um, there, they were getting no, you know, they were still getting no foreign market money. They they didn't make any money during the bulk of the war because all of their the studio was taken over by the military to protect. Um, I think Lockheed. Um, and so they were just, it was just a propaganda studio and all the money they were making for movies was sort of given to them by the military right. um, to make that stuff. Uh, the only, st- so uh, there were very few things being made at the time by the studio. Um, the only like profit they made like in 45 was like a re-release of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And in early 46, they re-released Pinocchio as well. So that was sort of their money makers. Um, So in 1946, the studio had to fire pretty much half of their workforce. Uh, Oh, it's DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, on top of that, you're still only a few years removed from the uh, union, the, the strike of 41. Yeah. That they were still dealing with. Um, so Disney was just like, I guess I'm just going to do live action at this point. Um, uh, so Disney's, but Disney's contract with RKO was for animation. So they weren't going to be able to distribute uh, animation through RKO um, or, or live action through RKO. It had to be animation. Uh, they were able to make this one of like an animation uh choice like they were basically able to convince rko to release this because there was a significant amount of animation in it right um because you think of the films short yeah RKO. yeah because because films that combined uh animation with live action counted as animation for rko um so uh that's also why they made uh saludos and three caballeros because you were able to combine live action and so it was cheaper to make it that way um and after the success of Snow White, Disney started scooping up anything and everything they could get that was sort of exploitable to make a movie on. So that's at one. That's when he ended up purchasing the rights to the Joel Chan, from Joel Chandler Harris's family for ten thousand dollars in nineteen thirty nine, which is not a small chunk of change now. In nineteen thirty nine, that would be a little over a hundred, or it'd be a little little over one hundred eighty thousand dollars today. Right. So, uh, so uh, in by the time these movies were sort of done with all of its theatrical runs, the Song of the South, which would have been in the mid to late eighties, it had earned three hundred million dollars. So you know, it did pretty good on the overall right. uh, purchasing of the rights. Um, For a movie that was never distributed yeah. worldwide. Worldwide. Media. Yeah, so uh, 39 is when they started working on this movie. It was fully animated when they first started working on it, which makes sense. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of talking animal movies uh, or, you know, shorts. Um, and that was Disney's forte. Um, uh they considered them to be just sort of animated shorts. Uh, and 
uh, one of them was like, th- there was one that ended up not going into production that they were going to do, like Br'er Rabbit Rides the Fox, which is a terrible title for uh, many reasons. <laughs> I'm sorry. But but it really is what it sounds like too. It's Br'er Rabbit tricks Br'er what? Fox to oh. uh, so he can so he could ride him like a horse. Okay. Uh, so it's... again, he's Br'er Rabbit's clever. That was the whole yeah yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, in, in, in this little uh, news segment over here, it says if there was in a in uh, one script treatment, Uncle Remus gathered the critters for a prayer meeting to encourage them to build a church that would bring pre- peace between predators and prey. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Could you imagine seeing that? It would have felt like, uh, like in like an a 24 horror film, it would have been like uh, midsummer or something. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Gathered them together. Oh my God. For, uh, I, and, I, and in I, another, and in another uh, treatment of the script, the reason for all of Br'er Rabbit's troubles with Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear was going to be a gambling addiction. <laughs> I'm dead serious too. Like, oh that been God. so good. Well, no, it would have been bad because I guarantee you they would have made it dice or something, and it would have been uh, sitting in an alley shooting dice. Yeah, and, uh, they would have gone hard on it, and it would have been yeah. Like, yeah. Um. So so yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, November of 1940, Disney visited uh, the Harris home, uh, and he told Variety that he wanted to get an authentic feeling of Uncle Remus country, so we can do a faithful job as possible to these stories, which is uh, not great. Uncle Remus country. Uncle Remus country, which is Atlanta, uh, by the way. So. And keep in mind, this is 1940 Atlanta, so... Yeah, it's... Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, well, didn't you kind of grow up in an yeah. area that's like the country? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you, 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 you know, Mississippi, you know, like, Missouri. You uh, know what rural America is, sir. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Roy... Uh, the money man. Really, the really the reason why most Disney stuff exists in some way, shape, or form is Roy O. Disney, because uh, Walt was just Walt was the uh, creative uh, juices, and Roy was the money man and the negotiator. Right. And uh, Roy thought like this this story's not big enough for a budget of over a million dollars. I don't know what you <laughs> and right. it's like twenty five minutes of animation basically. And Walt wanted to do like a a series of Uncle Remus films if the first was like successful. Which there's there's an alternate universe where there's like a Song of the South franchise, right? And it, and they just ha- and they just keep rebooting it. Yeah, uh, but if, inevitably they decided that a third of the film would be animated and the rest would be live action. So that's you know one third of this movie is animated. Because yes, yeah, ninety it's about ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Disney wanted the screenplay written by the studio animators, but he looked for professional writers. I think because he knew that they probably wouldn't come at it from a respectful angle. Mm. Uh, 
so a professional writer might be able to come at it from to think think about it this way that this was in 1940s this was the respectable version of this film yeah uh, if you let these animators sort of make it themselves it probably would have been like genuinely thoroughly offensive right. um uh, but it's funny it's funny get it it's fun yeah to talk. yeah um yeah, uh, so D- Disney ended up hiring um, a, a consultant that was, uh, his name was Clarence Muse, and he was uh, uh, the first African-American to appear in a starring role in a film. Uh, he, he He's, he, you know, if you're going to uh, hire somebody, uh, that's like to sort of be your uh, anchor to sort of like slow you down and say, listen, this isn't, this doesn't work. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's, it's a good person to bring in. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the guy that was the screenwriter, uh, Dalton Raymond, like didn't listen to anything, pretty much ignored every suggestion that he gave. So, <laughs> Uh, so he quit. <laughs> um, and he uh, wrote a letter. Um, Muse wrote a letter to uh, editors of like African-American based like papers and things at the time uh, that, uh, you know, Basically saying, like, this film isn't going to turn out great <laughs> if they're not listening to black voices in this. So, uh, Disney, though, says that he was just bitter because uh, he wanted the role uh, of R- Uncle Remus and they didn't hire him for it because uh, he was lobbying for the role, but they didn't give it to him, which is very much gaslighting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, what's what about us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, they also, uh, Disney also denied requests by the NAACP for um, uh, drafts of the film, to see treatments of the film. So that, that's not a good look at the gate. Uh, nope. No, uh, <laughs> Raymond never wrote a screenplay before this, so it was one of those things where it's just like, oh boy, we've really hired a bad guy to be working on this. You're on your high horse for what reason? Yeah, for, for what reason? Yeah, um, uh, they hired Maurice. I don't know what his last name is. It's Rapf, R A P F, um, and he was. Uh, writing for live action movies at the time. Uh, and they hired him uh, uh, to work with Raymond and his co-writer to make a shootable screenplay. <laughs> That's what Disney's words were. Um, uh, basically they hired him to uh, temper Raymond because right. they, because according to Neil Gabler, who wrote a substantial Disney biography was to temper Raymond's white Southern slant. Which oh is, dear God. Yeah. One good thing uh, that came from it was rap was able to tone down the language significantly. Um, 
he was able to, there are two, two uh, phrases that are not great that he got taken out of the script. Uh, darky. I'm sorry mm. for having this. Yeah. And, uh, and Massa, you know, that, oh. yeah, that was in the original script and Raph was like, Nope. <laughs> Also, why would they, why would that be in there if they're not slaves anymore? Well, that was sort of the thing. So he had to update the language to make it very clear that they weren't that this right. isn't this isn't like like he was Raymond was clearly writing a script for a civil war era, a pre civil war era America, and that was yeah. never the intention. And this, that's why Disney needed to bring in people to like you have to fix this, please. Why don't I just fire that guy? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I th- eventually they kind of did. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, not really, but like, because Raph eventually leaves for various reasons, obviously. Um, and they did delete a uh, raccoon character, which, as you would assume, did not have the greatest name. Yep, um, okay, I can yeah. already. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, they had to make sure. It's like, we have to pay these people. They are not slaves. Uh uh, and apparently, uh, apparently, in an early version of the script, Uncle Remus says to Johnny, uh, after he after he does the like, I cannot like you know I can't read stories to you anymore. You know, after he's in that stage of his story, he's like, I'm a free man. I don't have to take this. <laughs> Which, I wish I left that in. I would have loved it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was not, it's, it's, you know, for, a lot of the problems of this, uh, story comes from the fact that it has a lot of people competing to try and tone it down, but also not tone it down. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's not, it's when you read about like the sort of history behind it, it's not a great look, um, at all, uh, especially with all the people that are sort of being like taken off the project. Uh, you know, you, you have uh, Clarence being taken off the project. You have um, rap being taken off the project. And eventually um, uh, he does say that after every like, f- like conference they had about the movies, like, well, I think we've Disney was always like, well, I think we've got this licked now. Like if we figured it out, we've cracked the code. We know how to make this movie now. Yeah. Um, you were, but you were never going to make anyone happy. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they did end up in the end. They sent the script out to like outside fields to kind of give it the a look through after it was all said and done. And you know they kind of got a mix of yeah, no, this is this is fine, and a little bit of like this isn't fine. But I think the positives outweighed the negatives in terms of response. So. They went with it. Uh, it wasn't until 1944 that the title of the movie changed from uh, Uncle Remus to Song of the South. Yeah. Which, uh, that's a long time just having that uh, called uh, <laughs> Uncle Remus. And, and, uncle, and Uncle is a term that we got used for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, not great. Again, not a great look. Yeah, not a great term. Um, no. Uh, so. Uh, what was it? I, I, so James Baskett 
uh, I think I think he's the best person to talk about in terms of like the cast because he did a fantastic job on this, and it's a hard it's a hard role to sort of go into uh, because you are going to have to sort of dance. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, no, and it's no. it's not great, but um, he he. Signed up with Disney because he was going, he wanted, he was, he thought he was, okay. He responded to an ad to, cause he was going to be the voice for a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he his quote was, I thought that maybe you'd try to, you, they tried to, uh, uh, to furnish, uh, the voice of uncle Remus's animals. Basket is quoted saying upon review of his voice, Disney wanted to meet basket personally and had him tested for the role of uncle Remus. So, you know, he tested out for one of the critters and and Disney loved his voice and wanted to actually meet him Uh, because, you know, he he still needed his Uncle Remus. That was it's it's the most important role of the movie. Right. Um, uh, So uh, he did get the part for the butterfly Mm. Uh, and the Br'er Fox and Uncle Remus. So. You know that because you know he is one of the butterflies in the movie. Yeah, um, he, he he brought he, he brought some gravitas to the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and he did like he did some of the lines for Br'er Rabbit. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of moments in the movie where he's also Br'er Rabbit, which is kind of neat. Um, he, he's really got a versatile little voice for, you know, all things considered. Because you, 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 you don't, voice. yeah, he, he doesn't really like the Uncle Remus and Br'er Fox really don't sound a lot alike very much. He does a really not, good job. Not at all. Not at all. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a great job. It's it's, it's kind of uh, a shame that it didn't really lead to a whole lot more for him in that field. But you know, he. He 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 succeeded uh, majorly in this role. Uh, Disney himself uh, loved Basket and told his sister um, Disney's sister Ruth Ruth Disney that uh, Charles Basket is the best actor uh, to have been discovered in years. Um, absolutely loved him. Um, like uh, he, even the movie was done and out, and Walt Disney like kept a friendship with him he, he genuinely loved basket mm-hmm. um and he disney personally campaigned to have uh basket be given an academy award for his role uh in this he says he did it with almost uh any direction like there like he just was able to take on this role he was able mm-hmm. to just be this role um and it succeeded in 1948 uh uh he received a sp- honorary Oscar for his role in uh, Song of the South, which is fantastic. Um, and it's like he uh, got it while well, he was still alive. He was an older gentleman already. So Yes, yes. And then uh, 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 after he died, his wife sent a letter to Walt to let him know that his friendship was always appreciated. Um, Bobby Driscoll sucks and we're not going to talk about him. Hey, uh, the budget for the movie was $1.35 million, uh, which is uh, absolutely in- insane uh, for, <laughs> for, 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 40, for 45. Yeah. 
the uh, the director of the animated features were uh, Wilford Jackson, who was a significant Disney animated shorts uh, director. Uh, and he did a lot of uh, sequence directing for, uh, like, he was the director for A Night on Bald Mountain, Ava Maria and Fantasia. Uh, he directed Melody Time, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady in the Tramp. Now, all of these are after, uh, like, you know, everything. Melody Time, Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady in the Tramp. These are all after Song of the South. Right. Before that, he was like sequence directors for like Snow White and Pinocchio and Dumbo. Saludos Amigos, he directed a short. Um, and he did a lot of Silly Symphonies and Mickey Mouse cartoons. Um, and he was one of the instrumental minds behind creating the system that let them sync music to Steamboat Willie. Okay. Uh, like, yeah, that works because of work that he personally did on that. And um, I think one of the best silly symphonies is the old mill. Yeah. And, that's- and, and that's him. That's one of the ones that he directed. So, you know, he is obviously a top tier Disney director. So him directing the animation sequences in this was a uh, good deal. And the night old man did the animation. Yes, really. obviously. Yeah, uh, the, the animation is spot on perfect. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, despite its content, it's all so well done and gorgeous looking and it doesn't feel cheap. Like some of the no. animation, like if you go back and watch Melody Time, a lot of Melody Time feels really cheap. Um, this doesn't, this feels like the bigger picture. Like if it didn't have live action segments, it would have been in place of Melody Time. Yeah, and that's but, any, to the point or, where they got or, shown. Or Make Mine Music. It was Make Mine Music. Yeah. It was 46, yeah. The, the, the animation segments got shown on television oh, yeah. over the years, like piecemeal, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it's it's great. They, they filmed this movie in Arizona. <laughs> filmed uh, in Arizona, raising yeah. bubbles. <laughs> King. Uh, they, they built a plantation in cotton fields for in Arizona for the filming of this. Huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and when they needed atmosphere shots, they went to uh, uh, Samuel Goldwyn Studio in Hollywood for a lot of the, um, you know, atmosphere shots. Mm. Uh, they 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 misframed uh, or misblocked the final scene where they're doing the zippity doo dah. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you pay, if you watch, it zoom. It's a really close zoom on Uncle Remus at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's why because they didn't uh, <laughs> block the scene properly. So uh, when they pull out, they you know it's close up so they can cover the lights that are in there with cardboard, right. and and then you know you can slowly remove the cardboard from the lights when he begins singing, and yeah, and, and there you have him mixed in with uh, the beautiful singing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it made for a really iconic looking scene. Like their yeah. their folly made for really a beautiful scene in the movie. Probably, it's a, yeah. I was gonna say it's probably yeah. one of the better scenes in the movie altogether. Yeah. If you could just see like an, an exclamation part mark pop up of his head, like yeah, he's yeah. like ah, like he has a revelation. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Anyways, let's I, I, the music. There are uh, several songs in this movie. 
that are all great in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's, you know, two or three that are like top of the line. There are nine songs uh, all together throughout the film. Uh, Some of them are, and there's some reprises of some of the songs. Right. But um, like uh, Uncle Remus said was a song that's in there. It's a cute little song. That's when Johnny runs away and yeah. Yeah. And you have the, the actual like title song. There's a song called Song of the South in it. Um, you're interested about Zippity Doodah is obviously the like uh, the marquee song of the movie. Like it is it 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 has penetrated pop culture in a way I don't think they even ever expected. The, if uh, if you had to list ten, that's even five like iconic Disney songs. Yeah, it's, it's probably be in there. Yeah, even something is. The thing about Zippity Doodah is it it, it 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 fills in this void that Disney is really good at, which is like nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like you have Zippity Doodah, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and Bippity Boppity Boo. Yeah. Like like these are three huge songs that have these utter nonsense, but uh, they've just penetrated pop culture in such an insane way that like to the point where people are like. Well, we can't sing "Happy Birthday," so we'll do a uh, "Happy Birthday" sung to Zippity Doodah at the Red Robin and call it a good, good time for all. Um, bottomless fries, bottomless fries. So it's it's funny. Well, I remember it was like Zippity Doodah, Zippity A, my oh my, it's your birthday today. <laughs> Are we gonna get demonetized for this? No, because because <laughs> happy Happy Birthday is back in the public domain, so it's cool. uh, okay. Um, so unfortunately, uh, zippity doodah, um, uh, I screwed up something. There we go. Uh, zippity doodah. Uh, you know how, um, uh, Turkey and the straw is having some issues right now. Right. Uh, it's because it's another variation of that song is, uh, uh, I'm not going to say it. Uh, it's zip. Raccoon. <laughs> so, but um, because it, it, it's it's it, you know it's that's that's a variation of the song that's popular, and it's sort of assumed that this song is sort of kind of based off of that because zippity doodah zip one you know yeah yeah, turkey yeah. The, yeah. Um, turkey strong reminds me of a Willie though huh. yeah exactly um, but yeah uh, boy. It's a good song. Uh, yeah. I like the introduction to the song. It's like the way he delivers it with like, well, a zippity doodah day is just one of those days where you can't, <laughs> like, yeah. right, what exactly? You can't. You set talk, narrative. Yeah. Yeah. You can't sit around without a, we can't talk without a song coming right out of your mouth. Zippity doodah. Zippity doodah. Yeah. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Uh, and, and it's, it's, ca- I mean, it's, 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 it's an it's, earworm. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like it's it's impossible not to feel like oh, okay, you can yeah. sing it, you you feel good. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactory. Satisfactual. Uh, love that. <laughs> love yeah, that stupid. It's yeah, the it's, truth. Yeah, Mister Bluebird on my shoulder. <laughs> um, there is a song. In, okay, so you remember the song that Hattie McDaniel sings? That sooner or later, that man is going to come home. Yes. That was originally in uh, Splash Mountain. Uh, huh. 
it was the scene where the mom is singing to the babies. The oh, okay. Uh, uh, it, where, where it's like it was originally sooner or later that rabbit is gonna come home. Yeah. Uh, instead of now, where it's it's I forget what it is now at this point, but um, it's not that anymore. But like no. y- there there is some versions of it. Like uh, they put out like a 50th anniversary box set of Disney music, mm-hmm. and it has the original version of Splash Mountain on it with that version of the song, and it has the original version of Pirates of the Caribbean on it too, which is very fascinating. Oh, like. Back when it had like the uh, the pirate who like the it had a naked woman in one of the whiskey barrels and he was holding her dress. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that they had to change later on, and the dialogue is very terrible. Yeah, uh, I be willing to share. I be he says, and it's not the not oh, great. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, uh, was let the rain pour down is one of the songs on here, which is a really good uh, song. Um. Uh, unfortunately, like, and everybody's got a laughing place, which also appears in Splash Mountain. Yes, so yes. everybody has a laughing place, a laughing place to go. Uh, there's an animatronic of Br'er Rabbit. Yeah, or it's, it's it's an animatronic or just a porcelain statue or something. Yeah, uh, it's 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 animated at the end when he's. Uh, yeah, it's there's it's a mixture throughout the ride. Right, um, but I can't remember if it's he. If he, if he I think he moves. Yeah, I think, yeah. He moves. I think he moves on like he's, but like, I think just the figures being moved, maybe not necessarily the whole animatronic right. itself. Right. Um. So, uh, film made its premiere November twelfth, nineteen forty six, at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Um. And <laughs> things that was not the best choice to do that because the star of your movie is James Basket and is and, not allowed to go inside and it's not allowed to go inside because Atlanta was still racially segregated in 1946. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know. That was just, I feel like you could have just been like, well, maybe we just won't put it there. Then I yeah, get, the, that's... I get the idea of wanting to do it in Atlanta. I really do. Yeah. But that that is just another one of those tone deaf sequences. Like I don't think uh, uh, I don't think he did it with any ill intentions. It was just sort of like oblivious to sort of that like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's like even but, if he could go inside, he can't use the same washroom as you. Yeah, it's like mm. um, uh, Walt actually left after he gave the introduction for the movie and went back to his hotel because he didn't want to be there because he didn't know how it was going to be received and he just didn't want to see it with an audience he just couldn't bring himself to see it with an audience because reading up to it obviously controversy its release was going to be controversy there was going to be controversy because the star of the movie couldn't be at its own premiere it was just nothing it was just a mess um it was re-released in theaters in 56 uh, for its 10th anniversary. It was released in 72 uh, as the 50th anniversary of the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 73, it was a double bill with the Aristocats. Oh, uh, double racism. Yeah. Uh, it was released in 1980 for the 100th anniversary of the Uncle Remus Joel Chandler Harris book. 
1986 for the 40th anniversary of the movie. And that's the last time it was seen in theaters in North America. Uh, when did the Laserdisc come out? Uh, I will look that up in a minute here. Uh, anyways, uh, and it was also a cross-promotion because that's when they had started working on Splash Mountain. Right. Uh, Splash Mountain doesn't open for a while still, but <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie, uh, as early as 2006, was being played in uh, European, especially on BBC, mm-hmm. uh, in its entirety. Up to about 2006 was sort of the last time that was seen in Europe on television, uh, which is very recent when you think about it. Like, yeah, it's, it's 14 years ago. Yeah, that's, you know, WWE had just brought back the Generation X. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They sure did. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, re- they removed the. The uh, the baby scene mm-hmm. uh, and, and aired it on the Disney Channel during its lunchbox um, b- programming block um, that lasted in the eighties and nineties until uh, December eighteenth, two thousand and one was like sort of last time that block was existing. So uh, it was. Very successful. It was a very successful movie. It had tons of other stuff come off of it. There was um, a, uh, Uncle Remus and Tales of the Brer Rabbit uh, Sunday comic strip mm-hmm. that was released, uh, which is incredible. Uh, it lasted until like it lasted like a decade, like it, like it's like for the until like the seventies. Uh, Brer Rabbit has also appeared in other you know disney stories uh uh floyd norman who is um a, a one of the disney's like first like african-american animators mm-hmm. he actually did in the 80s a uncle Re- uh, not uncle Remus, a zippity doodah christmas oh. which for uh the disney christmas uh newspaper strip and uh that actually did get re-released at one very recently. Uh, there was like a Christmas classics thing. Uh, no, it wasn't re-released. That's right. It was, there was the Christmas classics, but it was cut out because Disney is touchy about all of it, except for the ride up until very recently. Didn't um, Floyd Norman was one of the people who was like, kind of like, yeah, no, they should put it out. Oh, he loves the movie. Yeah. Uh, no, he, yeah, I remember if, like that Walt Disney bio. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. yeah, Floyd Norman absolutely loves the movie. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a book, a really 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 good book called "Who's Afraid of Song of the South," mm-hmm. um, and it is sort of a, a significant history. I think it's written by Jim Corcus, who's a Disney historian. He does a lot of Disney books, some great Disney books, um, and uh, he does the uh, the introduction to the book. Um, it was one of those things where he would. Uh, rent the movie when he could like uh like you know from the studio and like it was like you know take it home for christmas and have the family sit around and watch song and stuff he loves he's he's definitely a proponent of releasing that movie right um and it's you know uh, it's a voice a person of color who has a positive opinion of the movie but you know that's a voice you know just because you work for disney doesn't mean you work you know people 
people have you have to respect everybody's voice. You don't and, respect, you don't represent all African Americans. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it, it's 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 very much like if Disney wanted to, they could play the um, I have a black friend and he says it's okay kind yeah. of thing. Kind yeah, of thing, but, but but they don't. Uh, I mean, I, I we'll get to that in a minute. But um, anyways, here's home media. Um, uh, it's never been released in the United States <laughs> on on home video. Uh, period. I, I I think I think in uh, oh, when's when, uh, now I can't. I have to actually look it up. Uh, Song of the South. It has to be, has to be eighty six when that laser disc came out. I, I, why did I just put Song of the South laser and not finish that? Hell thing? yeah, that sounds Song awesome. of the South laser. Like uh, you go to the uh, Laser Dome and it's the soundtrack to Song of the South done yes. to. Uh, or <laughs> it's Uncle Remus with, with cybernetic upgrades. Oh yeah, like uh, it's Westworld, but uh, yeah, the the, the original the the original Michael Crichton movie Westworld. Not the <laughs> oh boy, the prices for the Laserdisc for Song of the South have really gone up in recent years. Uh, none of these none of these say what year it is. Uh, boy, five hundred bucks, huh? Not not gonna spend that. That's for sure. That's uh, like an MVS cart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I I yeah, I could buy King of Fighters uh 98 for that. It's like I get uh, get that or Mark of the Wolves. Yeah, I, I I need wind jammers more than I need that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was released in Europe. Actually, if you look uh an actual quote from Michael Eisner was uh the film would not be receiving a home video release in the US due to not wanting to have uh, a disclaimer and fearing backlash and accusations of racism. However, he favored its release in Europe and Asia where, quote, end quote, slavery is a lesser controversial subject. <laughs> I mean, we had to learn it from somewhere, and it was Europe. Yeah. Uh, Eisner had to put in the request not to have Uncle Remus appear at the theme parks. Um, oh, so, no. So I've- that's... So at the, uh, could you imagine just? Uh, so in the ride, it's uh, Brer Fox or Brer Frog, that's the right. narrator of the ride, basically. Um, oh, like we like walking around the park. Yeah, but I mean a presence in general, no oh, okay. Uncle Remus presence in general. Yeah, that no, includes that, did... that includes the ride. Uh, keep in mind, yeah. at one point early in Splash Mountain, because it's called Splash Mountain because they wanted to cash in on the success of the movie Splash. So they were going to put a mermaid animatronic in there. Mm-hmm. Sterile so, Hannah was going to be there. Yeah, Sterile Hannah was actually going to be in Splash Mountain, sort of, at a point. None of the none of the Imagineers were like, oh yeah, we'll look into that. No, we're not going yeah. to. We're not putting Daryl Hannah in this ride. <laughs> um. Uh, but you can see Uncle Remus quotes like carved and stuff and like plaques and stuff in the ride. Yeah. So you got that. Oh, there would be no good way for them to have an Uncle Remus walking around the park that yeah. just. And yeah. even just the interactions with. Uh, oh, man. Oh, no. yeah. Uh, yeah. There, would be, there, there would be some sort of like the attraction would be like. Uh, 
a story time thing where you just send the kids down and have Uncle Remus tell them stories and it would be terrible. It would just you would just sit there and see this uh black man dressed as uh effectively uh, a slave telling stories to children. Uh, not great. Predominantly not a, white children. Yes, definitely predominantly white children. And just, yeah, it would be look terrible. Yes, and uh, how would you feel as a black person walking around the park as a guest? And seeing seeing this, that. Yeah, seeing this foppish old black man uh, yeah. dressed up like that, having to talk <laughs> the way Uncle Remus oh, has to talk. No, oh, there's no good way to do that. There's no safe, good, acceptable way of handling that. So uh, don't even bother. Yeah, so Eisner Eisner left and Iger takes over and Iger's asked about it and he's like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says it's antiquated and fairly offensive. Um I would say moderately offensive more than fairly offensive, but <laughs> again, I'm a white guy, so I, I yeah, know, yeah, my yeah. mileage may my mileage varies significantly than if Bob Iger thinks it's offensive. Yeah. I just got done listening to Disney War again, and it's great because there's a lot of Michael Eisner like towards the end where he's being where everyone's like, You have to choose a successor, you have to choose a successor, and he's like, No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Nobody nobody's asking Rupert Murdoch to find a successor, so I'm not either. I'm young I'm like thir- I'm like a hundred years younger than Rupert Murdoch. Uh and, and like Iger was sort of in the position of being the successor, but he keeps digging at Iger with like Iger, Iger would be terrible at this job. He's absolutely not creative in any way, shape or form. And it's funny because Iger truly has proven to not be particularly creative. Uh, History's born out. uh, Yeah. Eisner, Eisner was right in this particular situation. Yeah. Uh, he's a great CEO, but Disney has never been run by a CEO. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the one person who would sort of be on the side of releasing the movie would be Roger Ebert because he is very much against any of that kind of like anything that could vaguely even be taken as censorship. Yeah. But even he's like, ah, uh, nah. <laughs> this yeah. one shouldn't. Uh, this one shouldn't shouldn't be released. It, it that you know that's good. Good on them. Uh, he says uh, most like uh, he supported non-release claiming that most Disney films become part of the consciousness of American children who take the films more literal than adults do. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But you can still definitely uh, buy (laughs) the soundtracks and tracks. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, uh, sing along VHS tapes <laughs> and stuff in America that featured oh, sure, clips, yeah, from this, clips from the movies and stuff. Uh, VHS and Laserdisc releases in Europe and Asian countries. In the United Kingdom, it released on VHS in 83, 86, 91, 92, 96, and 2000. Wow. So uh, in Japan, uh, 90 and 92, uh, and that's basically it. Additionally, under Japanese copyright law, the film is now part of the public domain in Japan. So that's cool. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a version I saw that came from like Comic Con or something. Yeah, everyone everyone who owns this tends to own a copy that's burned on DVD from Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, the guy has, uh, you know, 
the KTMA era mystery science theater episodes and yep. uh, cartoons that you look at and you're like capital critters. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Roger Corman's fantastic four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, in a different time in a different era, that'd be the place where you'd find like, Oh, this is the original cut of Justice League. <laughs> oh God! As opposed to that, as, as opposed to bootlegs being officially released now. <laughs> right. Can't can't wait to not watch that. Uh, in 2017, uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in, was inaugurated as a Disney legend, and she wanted Song of the South to be re-released. I remember that. Yeah, it was a big deal that she said that, and it sort of brought the discussion back up. And and then again, Iger's like, "No, we're not. Yeah. We're not re-releasing Song of the South. It's not happening. It's just not happening." And again, Whoopi Goldberg doesn't represent all black people. Yeah, uh, Whoopi Goldberg barely represents herself these days. So. Yeah. Oh, the lady um, from The Voice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely, definitely not on. Disney Plus. Now, uh, Robert Iger is on his way out. You know, they've sort of he he announced his him leaving, stepping down in February. I remember it happened while I was at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like a month later, is when everything went to hell and everything oh, what, started. What, what happened? Uh, some some guy got sick and everyone like got weird about it. That's all I remember. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember the de- the fine details about right. it. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, but uh, but yeah. So Iger's sort of like, well, I'm not stepping away right now. Uh, but uh, it, it is unclear what the future holds for Song of the South because you know a new CEO is not Bob Iger and doesn't have to adhere to what Bob Iger said. It's not you know unless Bob Iger's contract was like George Lucas's where it's like, yeah, you can have this, but you can't release the original versions. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that that's a hill anybody would want to die on. Yeah. You never, I mean like there is, there's a weird route to do it, but I don't think, I don't think Disney plus is the way to do it because it's like, that's cause you know, we've had the, the we've had these conversations very recently with the launch of all these new streaming platforms, Um, you know, uh, gone with the wind uh, with its whole thing. I had to like, they removed it for a while and brought it back with a disclaimer. You know, this episode itself, this podcast episode is going to have a disclaimer at the front. Um, They have have a disclaimer from Hamilton. So yeah. yeah. It's in front of Hamilton and, and everything like, but I don't think a disclaimer is good enough for this movie. Because there is so much, I think this would be better received if there was sort of a documentary, like yeah. maybe not necessarily release the movie, but release sort of like the making of and sort of like a historical piece about it, showing parts of the movie and explain because it is a significant role and it's sort of erasing James Baskett's like Academy Award and everything right. from from all of this. Uh, there's 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 something that Disney could do to sort of. Uh, appreciate the history without glorifying its content. Right. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't think just releasing the movie with a, like, 
like when WWE puts up, like whenever you start up an episode of WCW Nitro, it has to give you a warning. Like these are actors playing roles on TV. And you're like, oh, this one has Chris Benoit. In it. This has a Chris Benoit match. Yeah. 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 Because you can't just go like, oh, we're going to show them, but we're going to trot like yeah. Don Cheadle out there to talk about like, yeah. like what you this know, means. And yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. That's not a great way because, you know, it was, it was acceptable for the World War II shorts uh, when they did them on release the, uh, Disney treasures on the front lines because mm-hmm. before, like when you start the movie up, before you get to the main menu, you get Leonard Malton there, like explaining the history behind it, explaining what's going on, and sort of showing clips and stuff, and saying like, "Hey, this is not cool, but you know, every but people's tempers got the better of them in 1940, you know, four. Right. And, you know, you know, he does a good job at sort of explaining that stuff. But for a movie, it's hard to sort of contextualize because from the outset, if you just watch this movie, uh, with the exception of uh, the baby scene, um, nothing is explicitly racist. Like I said, you have to sort of be sort of in touch with like what makes it racist. Like if you're just some sort of normal run-of-the-mill white dude who's just watching it, it may not be bad. It's not going to be, like, the middle part will be like, uh, I don't know about this, but everything else is like, I mean, it's a little, like, a little stereotypical, but it's not necessarily bad, but, like, but that's, you know, privilege talking. Sure, and yeah. So, yeah, from, from the outset, and if you even, it's just like the Disney Channel run of it, cut out that middle section, it comes across as just sort of, okay? Like, it doesn't come across as, horribly racist even though you know it, it, it's, it is at worst it's tone deaf tone deaf exactly yeah. um uh and that's really at best it's tone deaf at worst yeah, it's 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 miserably racist but i the, the intention was never to be racist the intention was noble in a sense like because like disney wants to sort of adapt different cultures and make them available i mean like that's you know saludos amigos and three omega and uh Caballeros, yeah. the goal was to sort of introduce people to another cultures and stories of another culture, and I feel like that's what the intention was, but it's hard to do that in a tasteful way in some instances. Like, Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros was done in a much more tasteful way. Not necessarily a more entertaining way, right. but a much more tasteful but, way. But, but like, Moana yeah. is a tasteful yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, culture. exactly. Or, you know, Princess and the Frog. Princess uh, and the Frog. Uh, it's not great. There's still some problematic issues with Princess and the Frog, you know. But right, but, um, but I, I use Moana as the example because it yeah. has predominantly like uh, uh, a cast that's like South Pacific, and yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah. This this one is just tone deaf. And um, here's my question for you. Okay. Do you want them to release it? on blu-ray or i the like would you buy it if the, it came out? the collector in me would absolutely buy it and would have it um but i don't think they have to or should um i i like I, I, yeah i mean I, I i would buy it simply out of the sake of that's what i do uh yeah. and it would be nice it would be nice to have that gap filled maybe never yeah. even i would like probably would never even watch it but just to like sort of like this is a piece of Disney history. I like Disney history. I've got a lot of weird Disney history stuff. You know, I love that 
on the front lines box set and it's yeah. it's actually actively way more racist than song of the south is like act it's being actively racist on right. its intention is to be racist, racist. Um, the completionist view is like i just yeah, yeah i would yeah it's, i would buy a, it but i would i would i it's not a hill i would die on i would never say no, I'm, no. i would never say uh yeah, they should release it because I don't think they should. I don't think it's it's not necessary. It's not if people don't see it, it's not like they're losing out on a some sort of like piece of art or like, you know, you know, it is art. It's beautiful. Uh James Baskett's wonderful in it and it's kind of a yeah, but but with the with Zippity Doodah still existing and still being able to relatively easily see that part, like that's all you really need. Uh, to really get the sort of under get the sort of enjoyment out full enjoyment out of this, and I think it's that's well that's good enough. Yeah. Um, and, and with Splash Mountain, like I'll be bummed. Splash Mountain's going away. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll miss Zippity Doo Dice, but I get why. Yeah, yeah. I will never, I will never argue against that. I'm, and I'm always happy with Disney updating things. Uh, that's yeah. the heart and soul of the park. It always was. Like, you know. Walt himself always wanted to plus things. That was always his story because that, that he was so happy with the theme park, but because he, he said, "I just finished a movie, and that's it. It's done. I can't touch it again." Uh, with the theme park, I can keep plussing it. I can keep adding to it. I can expand. It can grow. It's a living thing. It's all. It's never going to be finished. Uh, and that's why he fell in love with the theme park, and that's why he sort of fell out of love with movies um, because that's what he wanted. The, the, the cartoons were something that he could create uh, in his own vision. And once it was done, it was done. And that sort of eventually took a toll on him. Uh, the theme park was never done. I mean, the theme park essentially had a second reopening and like, you know, the park opened in 55 and it sort of like had a massive overhaul in 59 and a lot of stuff got changed. A lot of stuff got updated. There was new stuff, and it just kept doing that from there on out. Nothing's ever stayed the same at Disneyland. Very and few things. Very few things are how they were when they opened. You know, they they add special effects to certain rides. Like only a handful of things are. This, you know, the train isn't even the same, and that was the mark because the train is. You know, they added the dioramas to it. They've changed the track layout because of Star Wars and. Um, yeah, everything changes, uh, and I'm fine with that. Pirates of the Caribbean, one of the, my favorite rides. Uh, they added Johnny Depp to it when that was a success, and it didn't ruin the ride. It just made it different. They recently changed it to change the uh, the bride auction to just be uh, a normal auction with a yeah. replacing the redheaded bride to instead of being an somebody being auctioned as a redheaded pirate. So you know, yeah, they had the the lady chase the guy. Now it's yeah, the reverse. Like- yeah, you know, so, you know, uh, Twilight Zone turned into Guardians of the Galaxy for the better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the sense that Walt, at his heart, was a tinkerer anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it it makes sense. But it, that aside, thing changing things for the purposes of being more inclusive is not yeah. a bad thing. No, no, uh, and and. Uh, the only thing that needs to be protected is the park itself, really. Like, yeah. anything that's in there is fair game. I would be very upset if they got rid of the Haunted Mansion or Pirates of the Caribbean. But at the same time, like, that's that's the nature of Disney. Uh, yeah. There are things there that I can never do again that I miss dearly. Um, 
you know, I desperately, I dearly miss the original Space Mountain. Uh, yeah. I think the original Space Mountain was better than the modern Space Mountain, but it's gone and it's never coming back. Uh, you know, I, I like the original Star Tours more than the modern Star Tours. But I, I do like, too. I still I like modern, too. I still like modern Star Tours, but you know, I'm never going to get that back. It, you know. Star- We're not going to see Captain EO at the park again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I it guarantee you we will not see Captain EO again. Yeah. Uh, it had its one comeback, and that was the most they could muster. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, th- there's th- there is just things that are going to come and go at those theme parks. Uh, California Adventure uh, has changed the most uh, out of everything, and they keep st- shutting stuff down and bringing in new stuff constantly. You know, they're tearing out whole lands to, you know, Disney didn't really get rid of a whole lot to add Star, to- Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, they got rid of a petting zoo, and that was basically it. Um, and that's fine. Uh, they they don't try. They don't want to change if they don't have to, but they have to sometimes. Yeah. Um, they tore the original uh, Fantasyland to the ground in the eighties and rebuilt it. Uh, you know, it's not because remember the original Fantasyland was like an old circus almost. It had it was like yeah, tents, yeah. And, yeah. tents and stuff, and then like in the eighties they rebuilt it to be much more, you know. 1800s, 1700s, like European brickwork and stuff, you know, like right. to be in line with the castle. Um, they, they could tear down Toontown. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm st- disappointed that it's still there, honestly. Uh, it's, and it's, it's, we were supposed to be getting that Mickey Mouse ride in Toontown. Yeah. Uh, but with the world being what it is and, and Disney losing, hemorrhaging money and, and, and Disney losing like $2 billion this year on park closures alone. Uh, so they're going to get it back by charging $30. A room. <laughs> yeah. So it, the, the problem that's going to happen with this is going to be the same problem that happened with uh, California adventure where uh, California adventure was the, the second gate was always like at one point it was going to be Westcott mm-hmm. and, and everything. But then like, you know, uh, they started making bad movies and started making bad theme parks in Europe. And suddenly the money's gone. So now that's when you get California Adventure, which had really just like off the shelf rides. Right. Like it just had like a Ferris wheel and it had a regular old roller coaster and it had a top shot ride and it just had swings and a river raft ride. Like in everything, like the, like the most original thing they had there was soaring over California. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or it launched with like, you know, superstar limo, which is miserable, which was a miserable ride that was there for like less than a year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, Splash Mountain going away is going to bum me out because it's one of, it's, it's top five for me. Yeah. Um, I'll be very excited to see where, what it does. I don't know what that means for Critter Country as a whole. Because hmm. it's definitely... because uh, Princess and the Frog, I guess, can vaguely fit into the Critter theme since they both turn on the frogs. Uh, and you put the, you put the, the light bug in there. And, yeah. 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 But, but it, 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 at least it has the advantage at Disneyland to be on the outskirts of New Orleans Square. Right. Uh, Haunted Mansions in New York, in New Orleans Square, and Splash Mountains next to Haunted Mansion. Yep. So it so vis a vis, it is the edge of Critter Country in New Orleans Square. So it fits in really well in that theming. Um, so you really wouldn't have to change too much. I hope that means there will be 
a restaurant added, like Tiana's restaurant added to yes, New like, Orleans in like some way, shape, or form. Authentic Cajun food. Cajun food, yeah. I get some real Creole kind of or stuff. Or jambalaya or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they have that stuff at Universal, but the, like not Universal, at uh, New Orleans Square, but to have it uh, themed properly, like with her mm-hmm. restaurant or something, would be great. Yeah. Um, and there's not much else outside of that in Critter Country. There's only Winnie the Pooh and some shops. Yep. So, and Winnie the Pooh's not a great ride. Yeah, uh, no, not really. Uh, it's significantly worse than what was originally there. <laughs> and I will fight to the death that Country Bear Jamboree is the biggest loss of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, actually, you're, you're like, if we could, if, fine, you could change Splash Mountain, but if I got Country Bear Jamboree back. Yeah, it's still running at Disney World in a truncated form, and I will, I'm fine with that. Um, but uh, yeah, at it, it, it Disney World, that's a trickier proposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in Frontierland <laughs> in Disney World. Uh, it's like next to Big Thunder, uh, <laughs> which uh, it doesn't. Uh, New Orleans being in the middle of the uh, Deep South, like you know the, the yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, are, are they are they changing at the same time, or is it one Disneyland first and then Disney World? Uh, I, I think it's same time ish, but I think it's like a Galaxy's Edge kind of situation. Okay, <laughs> but they're both being changed relatively. I mean, who knows when that's going to happen at this point? Like, right. You know, they announced it obviously in the middle of all of this, but um, Disney's got other stuff, other things on their plate. Like, uh, you know, Disney World is building that Star Wars hotel, right? Um, California Adventure was supposed to like the, be opening that Marvel Land, which obviously isn't happening right now. Uh, it's supposed to be open already. It's supposed to be open as of now, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that, obviously, that you know, this is money that is just sort of being. I mean, they're not, they're not bringing in any money from yeah. films right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, thirty dollars to rent Milan. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. All yeah, the, way I mean, the, the pirated version of it. <laughs> yeah, so so really with with Disney right now, they're making all of their money off of Disney Plus, and that's you know seven bucks, right? Uh, so, but uh, it's it's a lot yeah. of people subscribe yeah. to it. Yeah, but l- luckily Disney Disney succeeds in uh, merchandise and home video anyways like people buy even with disney plus people are still buying stuff and you know you're always going to make money off of star wars you're always going to make money off of marvel stuff right uh mickey mouse uh, mickey mouse is one of the like two or three biggest like icons like merchandising icons in the world right. it's like right up there with coca-cola and uh, uh I, i'm trying to think what the other one was that's super popular but yeah like, I'm not, still buying Marvel Legends. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, Star Wars toys are super popular. Uh, you know, and they're making. I'm buying. I'm buying comic books every week. Yep. Um, so Disney's Disney has at least enough fingers in the pies of the world where they're not going to. They're never going to hurt. Um, yeah. Even in when the- you're losing. Even when you're losing two billion dollars of operational costs. Uh, How much do you have in reserve? Yeah, D- Disney has probably quite a bit, significant amount in reserve, and uh, I, f- I forget it was like if if yeah if something happened they could survive just on the reserves for like 
five years or something. Right. <laughs> like, if Nintendo know. can survive the Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> Disney can survive this. Disney can survive what what seemingly is a year at this point of Disneyland being closed. Like Disney World's yeah. reopened, but only vaguely, only in the vaguest sense. Like you're not buying yeah. new tickets. It's tick. You you are letting people in who already have tickets. So that's money already spent for tickets. Basically, you're just letting these people in to buy, buy stuff, fun, buy Funko Pops. Yeah. Which, uh, I yeah. Those pictures infuriate me, sir. Yeah. Uh, anyways, critical reception for Song of the South was right. okay. Was fine. Yeah. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, I just I just saw an interesting uh, uh, the ratio of live action to animation as two to one, concluding that it is approximately the ratio of its mediocrity to its charm. So damn, that's it's a pretty good uh, review and an accurate review, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, they Time Magazine praised its animation, saying it was great, but uh, they said that it is definitely going to land Disney in hot water uh, because Uncle Remus was bound to enrage all of the educated and I'm not going to say that word uh, yeah. and a number of damn Yankees. Um, uh, it w- it's the other N-word that used to be the okay version of saying black person. Oh, got it. Yeah, I'm not going to say that one. Uh, make it already feel bad saying the baby one earlier. Yeah. So, uh, L.A. Times during its 1986 re-release praised the film as essentially a nostalgic Valentine to a past that never existed, and within those limits, it offers a pleasant family diversion for holiday afternoons when the children are restless. That doesn't sound like a great review. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, your kids are bored, right?" I guess yeah, it's no, better than nothing. Yeah, and it's basically like saying, like, it's whitewashed, it's all get out, and that's yep. fine. <laughs> uh, the film grossed $3.3 million at the box office, uh, netting the studio a profit of $226,000, which is $2.8 million in uh, modern-ish money. So. Wow. Yeah, so uh, the score was nominated uh, for Best Scoring of a Musical Picture, and Zippity Doodah uh, won the award for Best Original Song at the 20th Academy Awards. And a special award was given to James Basket for his able and heartwarming characterization of Uncle Remus, friendly, a friend and storyteller to the children of the world in Walt Disney's Song of the South. For the portrayals of children Johnny and Ginny, Bobby Driscoll and Luana Patton were discussed uh, were also discussed for Academy Juvenile Awards, but in 1947 it was decided not to present such awards at all. So not only were they, they were so bad, they decided not to have the awards. Period. You know, we don't care what other kids were in movies. We're just going to cancel them all. <laughs> These two screwed it up for all of you. Yeah, in the 2004 AFI 100 Songs, it was number Zippity Doo was number 47. That seems. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Those AFI lists are always like suspect. Like, oh, yeah. top one movies. Oh, it's gonna be Casablanca, isn't it? It's gonna be more- yes. Yeah. It's all yeah, Citizen Kane. It's always Citizen Kane, and Citizen Kane, at least, is good. Feels, yeah, that's at least a fair movie. There's a lot of things that were big about that movie, but Casablanca sucks. I'm sorry. It, it is. It does. It, it's a it's, bad movie. It sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't even like Gone with the Wind, and that's always like top five. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about like, hey, let's. 
whitewash. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out if we should cover any of the controversial stuff of like, Okay, so when the film when the movie was released, uh, Walter Francis White, Walter White, uh, is, is, which is not the Breaking Bad Walter White, but he was God the right. ex- it was the executive secretary for the NAACT, NAACP, sent a telegraph to all the major newspapers with the following uh, description of Song of the South. Uh, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People recognizes in Song of the South remarkable artistic merit in the music and in the combination of living actors and, in, and the cartoon technique. In regret, It regrets, however, that in an effort neither to offend audiences in the North or the South, the production helps to perpetuate, perpetrate, perpetuate, perpetuate. A dangerously glorified picture of slavery, making use of beautiful Uncle Remus folklore. Song of the South, unfortunately, gives the impression of an idyllic master-slave relationship, which is a distortion of the facts. Um, uh, That's not wrong, because not knowing... knowing I mean, unfortunately, the thing that worked against him in that sense is that uh, when he sent that, he hadn't seen the movie. He had, received, uh, he had two two staff members were sent to see the movie, and they sent him uh, uh, memos back. Uh, one of them uh, had written the film, said it was so artistically beautiful that it is difficult to be provoked over the cliches. But said con- said, but she also said that it contained all of the cliches in the book. Um, and then another one, Springer, uh, listed several things she found objectionable from the film, including the African-American English. Uh, Jim Hill Media stated that both Jensen and Springer were confused by the film's reconstruction setting, which is the, sort of the major problem that this movie had, is that a lot of these people go see it. And Disney, again, we talked about it at the top of this, made it almost impossible to understand when this movie took place. You didn't know when this movie took place. No, I didn't. But also don't say like, oh, they're confused. Like, oh no, yeah. don't. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. Um, yeah. But they also pointed out at the time uh, it was something that also confused other reviewers from the tone of the film and the type of similar recent Hollywood movies like Gone with the Wind and Jezebel. They assumed it must also be set during the time of slavery. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, the official position wasn't really based on any, like, firsthand uh, viewings or information, but it's also not wrong. So, yeah, it's uh, Disney did a bad job with the messaging, basically. Yeah. Uh, there were picket lines, obviously, um, especially uh, in later showings. Um, uh, there were protests. Disney tells... Uh, Lies about the South, you know, uh, set to uh, Jingle Bells. So it's like Disney tells, Disney tells, lies about the South. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, we want films of democracy, not slavery. <laughs> Don't prejudice children's minds with films like this, which is, that's very fair. Yeah. Fair things. Um, so, uh, yeah, black press in general, were really split down the middle. It went from thoroughly disgusted to thoroughly delighted. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. There was one that I saw. Let's see. Uh, Herman Hill and the Pittsburgh 
Courier felt that Song of the South would prove inestimable goodwill in furthering of interracial relations and considered criticisms of the film to be unadulterated hogwash uh, symptomatic of the unfortunate racial neuroses that seems to be gripping so many of our humor- humorless brethren these days. So uh, that's... What's up, Cat of Thesaurus? Yeah. I so, use big words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's unfortunate. Uh, obviously no sequels. Obviously no... Um, no but we merch. did talk about... Well, there is merch in the sense of Splash Mountain being very successful. Yeah, uh, you can still get Brer Fox, Brer Rabbit, Brer Bear stuff till you're blue in the face. Uh, you know, uh, they uh, it's Brer Bear and the baby appear in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, the, the baby's in there? <laughs> yeah. And Brer Bear can be seen in Maroon Studio a lot briefly. But yeah, uh, and the baby can be seen during the scene driving into Toontown. So that's interesting. I have to watch oh. that again and look for the uh, splash. Video. Uh, video game wise, uh, <laughs> there is a single video game that has something Song of the South related. There is uh, there was a game released for the Xbox called Connect Disneyland Adventures which was later re-released for the Xbox One as just Disneyland Adventures without the Connect functionality. And you can there's a Splash Mountain segment that has Brer Fox, Brer Bear, Brer Rabbit, whole crew. Somebody put Uncle Remus into, um, to, into Mugen. Yeah, almost 100%, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm almost certain there's a, uh, uh, you know, WWE-created wrestler out there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what else would there be? There'd be... Uh, Hmm. I'm trying to think what else he could possibly have showed up in. But, Uncle uh, Remus. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Wouldn't it surprise me if there was some sort of like weird Atari game? Uh, right. Disney, yeah. Uh, Disney Infinity. That'd be like Uncle Remus. Disney Infinity yeah. figure would be. Yeah. You know what's weird? You didn't, didn't put Brer Rabbit or Brer Fox in Disney Infinity, huh? Yeah. They, I don't remember them doing that. Because they don't show up in Kingdom Hearts either, right? No. No. I don't remember collectible drink glasses with them on it. So yeah, um, it's just like there's no real merch outside the park. Oh man, uh, James Avery does the voice of Brer Bear at at Splash Mountain. Uh, no, and uh, uh, in the game. <laughs> oh, Uncle so, Phil. Uncle Phil or Shredder. <laughs> He's Uncle Phil to me, sir. Yeah. Are, are you sure he doesn't? But he also wants turtle stew. Yes. Uh, and uh, the Brer's first major appearance in Disney media uh, uh, after Song of the South was 2004's Lion King One and a Half. They're in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. In 2003, the Online Film Critics Society ranked the film as the 67th greatest animated film of all time. That That's seems almost... that seems a little high. That it's, seems... Uh, it's not even really animated. And it's not that great. Yeah. So, yay. So that's Song of the South. Nick. Yeah. Would you would you recommend anyone check it out, out of, even out of curiosity? <sighs> Yeah, in the sense, I, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know. It's it's tough to say, yeah, you should watch this because it's important. And I guess it's important. <laughs> I don't know, JJ. I don't There's, know. It, it's, 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 yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I, I. It's not a good movie. I'll not, just say that. Yeah. Honest service. Take strip everything else away, which is hard yeah. to do. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's worth hunting down because I think everyone should have an opinion for themselves. Yeah, um, it's not a bad movie, like, but it's also not a good movie. Um, it's not. It's probably not as bad as it, you would think it is. The but it's also that's really bad, yes. Yes, but it's also still not it still shouldn't be officially released. But I think it's something interesting. I think it's an interesting history lesson. I think it's one of those things where you don't watch it for entertainment, really. I mean, you I mean, there's a lot to be entertained by, like I said, the music and Uncle Remus himself is really enjoyable, but you sort of watch it as sort of this like the history of sort of white America and its relations with African-Americans, like even in 1940s, like what was going on. And this is sort yeah. of uh, Disney was Disney made a, a movie that was going to prominently feature black culture and black history. And this is what it came out. And that is really, that is the whitest thing you could do. Like yeah. is pump out this movie. Like it, it, it is, it comes from a place of, um, well-meaning ignorance and um, just sort of tone deafness. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's. I don't feel like anyone. I, I don't feel like anyone, with the exception of maybe the guy we were talking about earlier, Raymond. Uh, I don't think anyone really came at it with any intentions of making something this controversial. They probably thought they were doing something. Uh, important. They're try- like you know, like listen. This is you know, this is you know, cultural. This is this kind of stuff. But it didn't come across right. That is just a white person thing. It comes from a place of privilege that uh, nobody listened to the right people in the production of this movie, and that's where its downfall ended up being. And it's uh, it's also watching this movie through twenty twenty yeah. eyes. You know, it's. Yeah. And especially it's, right now, man. Yeah, it, it it was it was always bad, and then it got kind of less bad as culture sort of went into like a weird sort of like uh, where political correctness was sort of more of a punchline than it was something that we should strive for. That would be uh, regressive. <laughs> yeah, but not but not, again, not necessarily. Nobody was being. Nobody was being mean about it, but now as time goes on, it becomes clear what all of that was. And uh, like in 2020, it's worse now than it's ever been this movie. And there's no, there's no fixing the problems this movie has after, you know, 80 years of (laughs) existence. Um, it, it, It follows every sort of stereotype and trope you can have with this culture and it's and it's very clearly written and manufactured by a bunch of stuffy old white guys. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So I think nothing about it. I think you're right. It's, it's, it's worth taking a look at if nothing else, just so, cause again, because 
preconception is probably like, oh, this movie is just going to be super racist. There's going to be saying the N word and this yeah. and that. And yeah. it's not that, but yeah. and, 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 to see and, what it is. Yeah. And to be fair to this movie's credit, they don't, with the exception of the baby, which again, at the time, wasn't a slur. Um, they kind of pull away from any sort of that language. There's yeah. never like, even like, e- even like, you know, they could have very easily have had like the bad kids have said something to maybe Remus. not to Remus, maybe not directly like, like, like as the, as the very bad N word, but maybe the slightly nicer N word or, yeah. or, or like, you know, I said uh, the D word earlier. Yeah. Uh, uh, they could have eased, but they didn't. They, 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 to their credit, they, they strayed away from a lot of that, which is also whitewashing uh, in itself. But, yeah. Uh, whitewashing history, at least. But, because, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. by not addressing it, you're kind of putting more of a microscope on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, or, uh, normalizing it, like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's weird. It it it, it, it it was it was damned if you do, damned if you don't. With this movie, yeah. and it never it, it, the the it's it's war games. It's an interesting game. The only way to win is not to win, play. Not to play, yeah. And that was really Shot the only option. Well. Yeah, it was the really the only way this movie was ever going to be accepted was to just have it die and never come out uh, dying committee but it didn't they went through with it and i think they thought they did the best they could and they probably did do the best they could without being yeah. without being you know uh a bad movie or a racist movie uh, and it's still racist which is you know the end of the day i think it's worse in the sense where you tried very hard to make everything uh plucky and yeah. it just it, it's like you, you ended up making it worse for yourself in some way by trying to pretend that some things that didn't exist and it's weird. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, it's it's just it's 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 is the cat or alive or dead? Like you'll never know. It's it's in yeah. the box. It's it's out there. It exists. They they made the movie. It could have been worse. It could have been better, <laughs> but it exists and it will never see the light of day. I think and that's fine. It doesn't yeah. have to and it shouldn't, but. I still say it's easy enough to get where I will show it to anyone that asks. Like yeah. um, my goal, if hey, if my cards play right, there should be a part two to this where I got a friend of mine to record with me who has never, ever seen it before. So mm. before this, have you seen it before this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, I just wanted I, to make sure. I'm sure I, you I, did. I'd, I'd, I'd see, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd see the Japanese bootleg yeah, version yeah. of it. Yeah, um, so so it's, it's it'd be fun to talk to somebody who only knows it from I, I don't even think yeah from from how it exists in our pop culture as Splash Mountain slash the band Disney film yeah um, and, and to get a sort of you know outsider's view of a, a movie that like this so. Yeah, well, that should be fun. Talk to somebody yeah. who's never seen it before. Another that'd two and a half hour episode of Disney Companion. That'd be interesting. <laughs> to kind of, I mean, it's 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 culturally important. Yeah. Is is was the movie necessary? Probably not. No. Are we um, better off for it being made? No. no. But if got, nothing else, yeah, we got, got asking some notoriety. Yeah, it got it got and, a talent. It got a talented actor an Academy Award at a time where. 
African-Americans weren't winning Academy Awards. And uh, it got Walt Disney a lifelong friend, I guess. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it got a and it got a Splash Mountain. So, and it got a, a great song. Yeah, got a got a great soundtrack out of it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, again, not a great movie. Uh, it deserves what it what it's got right now. Its lot yeah. in life is what it deserves. We we devoted an hour yeah. more to talking about it yeah. than it's than it's runtime. So yeah. So this is one of those things where this is a rare instance where we're actually talking about the movie more than anything else. Uh, we usually don't talk about the movie as much as we do. Like we're not even going to get. We've already done 1946 in film. We don't need to do it. Again. Yeah, yeah. We've we've yeah. We typically get sidetracked, and I did a bit, but it's yeah. just like it's it's important to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, again, no, we're two, two white guys, so you two know, white guys. I, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a movie that was made for us when it shouldn't have been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. So. And, and, but and, it's two white guys who can see the see the see where the problems lie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, even if you take out the baby scene in the middle, it's it's a problem of whitewashing history, oh, yeah. Yeah. and is 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 the biggest the biggest of all the problems. It's unacceptable. Yeah, it makes, yeah, yeah. It's 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 unacceptable, and it's it's yeah. I, I hate it for that mm-hmm. in that sense. So, um, but yeah. Uh, this isn't the first time I've seen it. It's not even the second time I've seen it, but um, you know, it's one of those things where in, in, in a few years, I'll probably go back to it again, you know, 10 years or so and check it out again. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting movie and it's a beautiful movie. It's well shot. Yeah. Um, they really put their heart into it, which is also another bummer. Like if only this were something else, you know, you know, luckily you kind of get a, like a better version of this later on with like, Mary Poppins or something yeah. like, unfortunately, like the whitest movie imaginable. <laughs> uh, uh, just, yeah. Uh, with also a very, the very racist uh, uh, guy firing a cannon off of this. <laughs> right. 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 Um, but yeah, it is what it is. And yep. yeah, I don't, I both recommend it and don't recommend it at the same time. Yeah. So. Make up your own. Yeah, make up your own mind. I highly recommend it. If you come to me, I can point you in the right direction to get your experience from it yourself. I right. I don't I don't think you'll be uh, monocles won't be popping out of any eyeballs, but no, uh, no, no pearls will be clutched. Yeah, but at the same time, you will see what the problem is. It's pretty obvious from the get go. So right, yeah. So yeah, thanks everyone for this incredibly long episode of Disney Compendium. Probably the second longest, I, I would yep. think, at this point, because I think the first yep. longest was Fantasia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot to talk about with Fantasia, and there's a lot to talk about with this. Yep. Uh, so, that's why it's two parts. That's why there's a, there's a whole other part to this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, so next time we'll be going, we'll be doing the Song of the South replacement movie, mm. uh, <laughs> Princess and the Frog. Uh, Disney's far better film. Far better film. And Disney finally finding its groove in animation again. Can't wait. But until then, thank you all for joining us. And have a magical day. Or or have one of them zippity-doo-dah days.